Welcome, one and all, to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This has been World's Greatest Detective, and with me is... Andrew Watson, at your service. Yes, <laughs> Elementary, my dear Watson. Elementary and primary <laughs> school, and middle school as well. High school, even. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, we have talked about which of the live-action Batman were killers in our $10 tier. We've analyzed which Batman were the best fighters, but now we're going to address who was the best, the greatest detective. We also Adam got this West. comment. Yes, I, we know. It's going to be Adam West. See you guys later. Thank you for <laughs> tuning in. Uh, and, and Burt uh, Ward, especially in that first episode. <laughs> I've got it! <laughs> exactly. Adam West and Burt Ward clear out basically all the others. Um, but the song is Adam West. It's kind of going to be the general theme of these episodes. It's like, we know that's the answer. Uh, oh, <laughs> we, we also got a comment from one of our fans, Aki, who commented on our our uh, Batman Who Didn't Kill episode, saying that, uh, you know, uh, a version of this, but instead going over which Batman did more detective work in their movies or something like that would be cool. And I, when I saw that comment, I was like, oh, Aki, you don't know what's coming. So we aren't <laughs> You're in quite going to do who did more detective work so much as, yeah, like we're not quite going to do who did more necessarily so much. It's going to be a factor, but more of like who had the best skills as a detective, which I think people are going to be even more interested in rather than just, uh, you know, who did the most. So uh, surprisingly, I have not found a ton of videos <laughs> you, about this topic. You're making the difference between who does the most <laughs> with skill and who does the most without skill. <laughs> you can do a lot. Doesn't necessarily mean you have skill, but though. <laughs> right. I understand. That's that very. <laughs> that's a very yeah. a good uh, distinction there, Ben. Ben Word. Uh, yeah, I think we need to be very distinct about our criteria here. So the closest I could find is a video from Key Issues. Uh, but their video basically does not cover anyone before Michael Keaton, so Adam West is not even mentioned in that one. Um, and they also treated Keaton, Kilmer, and Clooney as the same version of Batman, whereas we will go different actor. Yes, yeah. so amateur work over there. <laughs> so, if you want to come on our like, show, though, please. Yeah, yes, please come on our show. <laughs> and there's also a bunch of things that I don't agree with in that video, so that's why we're doing our own version. And if you like these types of episodes with which Batman killed and didn't kill or which who's the best detective, I've also prepared in my quest to do this, uh, which Batman is the best strategist. So we're going to go even more about intelligence uh, and which one was the most heroic. And if you like those enough, we could probably even do a whole like overall ranking based on fighting ability, which we've already done, uh, detective skills, which we're doing now, strategy, heroism, and our kind of own preferences on how these actors portray the role and do our official superhero stuff you should know ranking on these Batman. But uh, Batman is known as the world's greatest detective, but we're going to analyze, you know, what that really means. So let's go over our criteria. Uh, so <laughs> nice. let's take a look. Because we got to be very specific about this, I think. With the killer, the killer one, we had to narrow it down to intent, right? So for detective... Detective criteria, mm -hmm. strengths... Is the detective proactive in investigating clues? And what doesn't make sense? Is he able to put together clues that the audience has already seen, but make deductions that neither the audience nor the other characters could have been expected to put together? Weaknesses! Does the detective miss something that he reasonably should have caught? 
Is the audience ahead of the detective in putting together the clues without prior knowledge, like spoilers or comic book knowledge? Thank you, Watson. So I think <laughs> this is a fair criteria, right? Because it can't just be like, well, he just seems smart in a lot of different things, or he just does a lot of like work in the Batcave and stuff. It has to be a specific thing. So I think the, the trick is finding out things that the audience has not figured out or the other characters haven't figured out so that he's ahead mostly of everyone except for whoever he's hunting after. Uh, and then weaknesses, I feel like if a detective is wrong, that's not necessarily a knock against them if all the clues lined up in that direction with the information he was given at that time. It's does the detective miss something he should have caught with the clues he already had and with the clues that the audience has already seen at that point. So, uh, and lastly, as we talked about, if the audience is ahead of the detective, that's also weak as well, because we should not be ahead of the detective on that. So, uh, right. I think this is the fair criteria. Uh, and with the release of The Batman, there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, Batman's detective work. There's been some praise for it in the movie, criticism of it in the movie. And while I know the internet complains a lot, I just feel like a lot of these critiques are from people who don't actually watch or read detective or mystery shows. So that's why I'm just like, let's let's establish what these guys do. As somebody who has read all the Sherlock Holmes stories, read all the Edgar Allan Poe Dupin stories, which were stories written before the word detective even existed. What? Uh, yeah. Wild, Holy isn't it? Holy shnikes. Yep. Edgar Allan Poe's Murders in the Rue Morgue was written before the name detective existed. What's the best one? Yeah. Out of the Dupin stories? Out of all of them. Ooh. That's a good question. Uh, I think, I mean, I think Arthur Conan Doyle outdid Edgar Allan Poe uh, yeah. on that. If we're going, if we're going purely Sherlock Holmes versus Edgar Allan Poe uh, with Dupin, so I mean, Hound of the Baskervilles is a classic. It's, okay, it's, it's a classic. It's the basic answer, but like, there's a reason why that's been adapted uh, so many different times. You know, so yeah, that one's yeah. great. It's got a great villain who is not Professor Moriarty. Uh, in that so okay i think uh i think those are great and then i'm also getting started into uh, agatha christie's poirot uh okay. and, and read a few of the continental op and sam spade from you know dashiell hammett so basically i know my shit everybody on detective that, stuff do you <laughs> wish that batman was more like sherlock i do but i think we have to be objective in the fact that in a lot of stories he's not He's he's not he's he is the world's greatest detective of the DC universe, but like it's not something that carries over in every single story. We've talked about this in, in Patreon, and we'll bring oh, it up okay. here. You know, like yeah. it's it's something where he's called the world's greatest detective, but so many of his stories, the most popular stories, are not necessarily detective or mystery stories. Or if they are mystery stories, they're ones that aren't really that great as a mystery. You know, the Long Halloween is you know, put up there as like the big Batman detective story that people should read. But Batman doesn't actually figure out that Gilda is holiday. He doesn't actually solve the mystery. <laughs> See, that's, that. that's part sucks, man. I yeah. wish that that was different. They need a, they need a better whodunit yeah, with, uh, with bats. I know. Cause I'm just, and also he like, he spends an entire year investigating these serial killings. And he doesn't figure out who it is at the end. I mean, I know people are hard on, on some of these actors we're going to go over, but I'm like, that's worse than all of that. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys, but that's just, that's oh, just the case. I'm sorry. The Jeff Lowe Batman stuff, the detective stories in there are just not great detective stories. Hush, Hush tells him that he's Hush. Like right. he doesn't, he never figures out that Tommy Elliot's Hush. He basically is just like, I'm Tommy Elliot at the end. And I'm like, okay. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> These are not great detective stories. We demand a better whodunit in the yes. Bat world. I, it does seem like it's one of the hardest genres to write. It is, right? yeah. It's got to yeah. be. The, the, it's not just riddles, I, I, Riddler's I, Riddles. It's like the whole exactly. thing. It's just very tough. And I think you nailed it too in the Patreon, where it's just like I think it's because a lot of these Batman writers don't know how to write a great detective story. Uh, I mean, it's, Denny O'Neill right? was, was fantastic. Yeah, like Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams stuff. Like that stuff has genuine mystery stories. The first appearance of Rosal Ghoul, that is a mystery story where Batman is ahead of you. He figures shit out at the end that he reveals. World's greatest detective moments are definitely in that run. But like you know, Year One's not a mystery story. You know, No Man's Land oh, is yeah. not a mystery story. Nightfall is not a mystery story. Like, none of these are mystery stories. None of these are actually detective things. And yet he is still considered the world's greatest detective. So we kind of have to judge not necessarily based on who had, like, the best mystery story so much as, like, who has the best skills for the stories that they had to, you know, work with. So uh, I think that it kind of feels like Batman's from Detective Comics. And yeah. he's our best Detective Comics character. And in fact, it's the world's greatest detective comics, world's greatest detective. You know what I mean? Right. I'm sure. I'm sure it kind of came. It probably came from like a marketing perspective. It must have, it does, dude. Yeah. So, it does. And then they then I, they kind of make some stories. Some writers across the years mm -hmm. do actually fit, make it fit that, but not all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think you're you're right because I'm just like sure he's a good detective, right? Because he has to be in order to do his job. But I'm like, you're telling me he matches up to Sherlock Holmes. He matches up to Poirot. Like I'm, I'm, I'm reading like the very first Poirot story, and there's so many different threads. I'm just like, I can't even catch up. I don't know who the fuck the killer is, but and Poirot is like 20 steps ahead of me, and so I'm like, no, that's, I, and it's never been like that in the Batman story. I'm sorry, it's almost never been like that. Oh, uh, so like it's he he does not match up to those classic detectives. I know that's probably a hot take considering that I'm the biggest Batman fan, you know. But like that's that's just the case. Like I, he does not match up. I'm sorry. But Sherlock I think stuff you should know. We're starting that sure. next week. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'll don the Deerstalker and the Inverness cape for that one. Um, oh my so, uh, Watson, let's go into this other criteria. Indeed. A good detective doesn't need to do or know everything on his own. Sherlock Holmes still has Dr. Watson, me, Inspector mm -hmm. Lestrade, Gregson, and all of Scotland Yard, and the Baker Street Irregulars. We won't discount points for Batman having help from Alfred, Gordon, Gordon, Lucius, Robin, etc. In the movies, we'll only add points for when he does it on his own. Also, he doesn't need to know every little fact unless it's something common or obvious. Sherlock Holmes does not know the solar system. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This this kills me. As a guy, as a have you heard this that, before, or is have I? Yeah, told you told me. Before? You've told me. Okay, you've yeah, told me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this kills me. I don't need to know where Mars is. <laughs> Fuck other planets. There's no mysteries on Mars. <laughs> anyway. You did not. We we will only discount points if Batman doesn't know something he reasonably should have known, given his background or the clues provided. Yes. So, 
Uh, I think that's an important distinction because, again, Holmes does not know the solar system because if you read a study in Scarlet, the first Sherlock Holmes story, he basically lays it out to Watson, who's like, how do you not know? And he's just like, how does that affect me? Why do I care if the Earth revolves around the sun or the sun revolves around the Earth? Like, how does that affect the murder that happened across the street? I'm going to just say that's a metaphorical, bro. I can't take that as on (laughs) face value. (laughs) I don't want to. I'll, I'll bring I'll bring up the fact that in the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock, he actually ends up learning it, and it comes in handy on the case. They were very See? clever to twist the canon so that he had to know it in the case. So, uh, but the, if we look at the classic <laughs> Sherlock, that's something that stands out. Where he's just like, okay, he that's an extreme. Uh, Is Sherlock honestly. a flat earther until that point? <laughs> it's more of a case where he doesn't care whether it's flat or round. I. <laughs> I get the point, and it's basically showing how uh, yeah. single, singular-minded he is. I get yeah. it, but man, dude, this is some. <laughs> I know you probably won't use it that much, but it's just some common knowledge, bro. Like, yeah, at least know the eight planets. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, moving man. further, judging detective mistakes. I'm giving Watson a workout here. <laughs> Judging detective mistakes, should the detective never be wrong about who they suspect? No! Red herrings need to exist for a compelling mystery. If the detective is always right, the mystery is boring. The detective can still be considered a good detective if the clues point to that suspect and the point in the story, only for the clues to point in a different direction later. Accusing or suspecting someone who turns out to be innocent alone should not cause discounted points if the evidence at the time points there. It's also common for the detective to accuse someone just to test their reaction. Either see Poirot. will only eliminate points if Batman suspects or goes down a track that seems obviously wrong. Given the clues provided, not given comic book knowledge or prior knowledge of the story elements. Yes, even Sherlock Holmes has gotten it wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. See, the adventure of the yellow face. And that's not racist. <laughs> it's a different yellow face. Yes. So. <laughs> a little little preface you. in the beginning. This was written in a different, so. different time. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm bringing up that like you shouldn't automatically discount points if at some point in the story Holmes, Poirot, or Batman suspect somebody who does not turn out to be the culprit. Uh, if all the clues and evidence lands there, yes, ideally, if the person, if the detective already knows from the beginning who it is based off of like you know the soot of dirt or soil that happened to match the the guy's shoe, then okay, sure, that puts even more points, but we shouldn't discount points if the clues that they follow in the early on point to someone else. So important distinctions here. I think uh, we should also remember that one of the greatest detectives of all time, Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <that's true. laughs> he, he would have the long explanation of how he figured it out and shit too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> and then <laughs> do the whole Jim Carrey, like long winded spiel. <laughs> oh man. That shit I was so about good. That, but yes, yes, that does that does. It's very applicable to this. <laughs> See, like the guy in Ace Ventura too. He has like a little mm. 
trickle of a pee on his uh <laughs> on his pants and he's like i can see you're a busy man because you uh only only have time for one j- jiggle <laughs> that is amazing i need to rewatch those <laughs> it's the same oh, principles man. right <laughs> it's the same same principles the for same. how detective stories Pretty work much. yeah yeah Again, we, also we usually don't have Batman making those comments. A pup named but. Scooby-Doo. If you if you watched a pup named Scooby-Doo growing up, this is mm-hmm. this is a '90s reboot where they're all younger. You know, they made Freddy kind of dumb, and mm-hmm. every episode he'd point to a kid whose the kid's name was Red Herring, and you know <laughs> right. it was a, it was a redheaded kid, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where I learned the term red herring. Actually, to this day, when I see that, I oh, when see red herring. I think of that up that uh, cartoon. That's awesome, but yeah, yeah. it's so appropriate for that, especially like the tomorrow oh, yeah. show. You know, Oh, yeah, that was better than the original. I said it. <laughs> All right, shall we continue? Judging detective mistakes, should the detective be able to prevent every crime? Without the criminal striking throughout the story, there's no escalating stakes. Sherlock Holmes does not prevent the murder of Selden in his most famous story, The Hound of Baskervilles. See also Poirot in The Death on the Nile. We should only discount points if Batman fails to stop a crime that he reasonably should have been able to deduce was going to happen given the clues provided at the time. Yes, yeah, so moving further, since this is this next one, this next one's more of a uh, Batman thing than a detective criteria thing, but if we ju- judge solely on how much crime Batman has prevented, then by that criteria, Batman would be a terrible detective in all media because he didn't stop the deaths of the Graysons, and he didn't stop Harvey Dent scarring at a two-face, and he didn't stop Barbara getting shot and paralyzed by the Joker. He didn't stop Jason Todd's death or Bane from breaking his back. The UN from getting dehydrated in Batman 66, Joker from killing hundreds of cosmetics and at the parade in Batman 1989, Nigma from killing Stickley and Two Face from killing the Graysons and Forever, Mr. Freeze from freezing Gotham, Batman and Robin, Roz from using the microwave emitter to spread fear gas and begins, Joker from killing Rachel, scarring dead or blowing up the hospital in the Dark Knight, Bane from taking over the city in the Dark Knight Rises, Doomsday from wrecking the city and Superman dying in BVS, <laughs> though I mean. <laughs> There's only so much Batman could do in that one. Uh, yeah. Steppenwolf He's just kind of on the sidelines in the third act. <laughs> I'll let you do this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, Riddler's Flood in both the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, Zero Year comic and the Batman. So if that's so you're saying how if Bat- he did it. If Batman but- is a worse detective, we get better villains. <laughs> so it's a kind of a double-edged sword. It's kind of, or it's a, yeah, whatever it is. That's the tough part of this, right? Because like, yeah. if you can't really make the Joker an effective villain if Batman always knows what he's going to do. You know, like right. if, if there's no story at that point, it's just like, all right, I saw Riddler's riddle and I found out his whole grand plan already just from sitting in the bat cave. Then Riddler's not a very good Riddler. Like that's not a good villain at no, that point. No, so no. you have to have that balance, which could also be why not a lot of Batman stories are great mysteries. Cause they're just like, all right, fuck this. It's basically like, good versus evil it's superhero versus supervillain like let's forget the yeah. whole mystery thing because like you're you're kind of hampered sometimes by it because it's like how do you balance out the detective stuff with the superheroics it's difficult right no i get it uh that, i think the last yeah uh here's the last thing which i think is very going to be very interesting for you so go ahead watson 
Judging detective mistakes, for instances where Batman doesn't figure out Selina Kyle is Catwoman, if there's face blindness in the DC Universe, just how face blind should Batman be in that universe? We should only count it if he should reasonably have deduced that a person's identity from clues outside of their physical appearance and voice. It also depends on how masked that character is as well as how face blind that version of the world is. Batman 66 is obviously going to be more face blind than the world of the Batman 2022. Mm -hmm. So I thought this is very relevant because there's going to be times where like, oh, the audience knows that Selena Kyle's Catwoman, but Batman doesn't. And, you know, you kind of play with that irony for a bit, but does that detract from Batman being a good detective if he can't figure out that that's her? So we kind of have to see, like, well, <clears throat> does he have enough reason to suspect that that's her? Are there clues from her that that's Catwoman? Like, all those different things. It can't just be like, well, clearly it's just Michelle Pfeiffer in a mask. You know, like, it, it, we have to this... like, look at it from a different perspective. It's one of those things, right? It, mm -hmm. it, this falls into the category I'd like to call genre convention. <laughs> yes. You know, this is, uh, it's set, it's set up with Superman and everything, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. Plus it's even worse now with, cause everybody has a face scanner in their pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it, one of the first things to go was what Superman changing in a fucking phone booth. The phone booth doesn't even exist yeah, anymore. So you, you know what that. I mean? Yeah. So it's just, I don't know, dude. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tough. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you really can't judge that kind of thing. I think in these things. Yeah. That's why I'm bringing this up. Cause I think a lot of people would be like, well, minus points for not seeing like this person was that person. I'm just like, well, you have to get, you have to look at it beyond being an audience member who's in on the fact that this famous actor is playing both roles, you know, like, you, you have to see it from Batman's perspective as a detective. Does he have enough reasonable, uh, I have enough idea to investigate this person and suspect this person, given the clues provided. So Plus, they're, they're, the characters important. are too iconic. They're too iconic at this point. Like you should, yeah, the two. Every, everybody's going to know who Catwoman is pretty yeah. much if they're seeing a Batman movie mm -hmm. or whatever. So... Yeah. I yeah. think it also, like I think like now you just wouldn't write the crux of your mystery being on who Catwoman is or right, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's you know what true I mean? too. Like we've noticed, like we haven't really had that since Michelle Pfeiffer. Like Bale already knows yeah. Selena is Catwoman in Dark Knight Rises. Pattinson already knows Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman in uh, the Batman. So like they kind of just did away with the whole like, uh, at least him not knowing that they're the same person. She might not necessarily yeah. know that Bruce is Batman, but he in both of those versions already knows Selena is Catwoman. That is true. Uh, so. Now that we've gone over the criteria, let's go over uh, who we are going to be critiquing. We will be doing live-action Batman, ones who got to play both Bruce Wayne and Batman, the same Batman we analyzed in the Which Batman Didn't Kill episode. However, as a quick tangent, I would re be remiss not to acknowledge that a few days before this recording, the voice of Batman himself, the voice of Batman since Batman the Animated Series, Kevin Conroy, passed away at the age of 66. And uh, obviously the entire Batman community is in mourning. He's an automatic S-tier Batman in many incarnations. But uh, I think that we should just at least acknowledge that for the time being, since we kind of got asked that or had comments already uh, about Conroy. I was literally on, I had landed in the plane because uh, I was out of town this past weekend. And the moment I turned my phone on, it's all, it's, well, it was the first message was you telling me what happened. Yeah. yeah. And then just, Proceeding that was just a whole bunch of other people 
letting me know or, or sharing like you know already there's fan art <laughs> like i'm just like dude i'm gone for like six hours on the plane <laughs> and this shit happens and there's already fan art of tributes and and just beautiful tributes videos and 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 stuff that are already out there there's a video i haven't seen yet of conroy doing a cameo where he talks about his thoughts about death which i've not i haven't seen yet but uh i definitely want to to check that out uh that sounds so heavy yeah at least right now that, yeah that's one of those where i'm just like let me be in the right mood for that one you know uh yeah. but the way i see it you know we've always said he's the voice you read you, you hear there's the voice you hear in your head when you read batman comics and so the beautiful thing is that for generations to come, not just now, but like the ones who will discover Batman the Animated Series or discover the Arkham games, whenever you pick up a comic, whenever they pick up a comic, it'll be Conroy's voice in your head doing lines written way after he's been gone. And in a way, that's how his Batman is just going to forever have a legacy. And I think there's something beautiful about that. So Yeah, the voice of a generation, kind of literally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, and just cemented as the voice, just number one. It's the it's the one. It's like the one thing that people can agree on. We've we've we're doing these rankings episodes, but like I think we can all agree, like best voice is always going to be Conroy as S tier. Everyone <laughs> else is there's Conroy and there's everyone else. There's like <laughs> very few things like everybody agrees on like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Yeah, like Batman shouldn't kill. Well, you know, arguments on that, or you know, what the best Batman movie is this one. Well, you know, arguments about that, but like best Batman voice of all time. Kevin Conroy, you know, like that's just, yeah, it's universal. So, uh, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy, rest in peace. Uh, because he was only Bruce Wayne and supposed to be an alternate evil Bruce Wayne in the crisis on infinite earths, uh, crossover. We will not be putting him into this episode, uh, being judged by, he also didn't do any detective work in his like five minutes on screen. So it just wouldn't be fair to him, uh, to that. But, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, uh, only live action media counts, so we cannot, we won't be counting uh, stuff that's outside of the movies, because then we just get, it just gets too complicated. You know, we're not counting deleted scenes. Then we're not counting novelizations, uh, comic book continuations of Batman sixty six or the Batman eighty nine comic or the Pattinson prequel novel. That those won't be included in this. It's purely on the movies. Batfleck will be interesting because I feel each one of his appearances has an alternate cut. Um, especially oh, yeah. Justice League. Uh, at least, like, Suicide Squad, the current Suicide Squad and BVS ones are kind of, like, extended versions of an existing film, but Justice League is a completely different movie for both of those. So I feel like the most fair way is uh, any aspects exclusive to the Justice League version can give him extra points if those are, like, if those are positives. But any negative things from that that aren't in the Snyder Cut won't take away points from him. I think that's the that's the best way to do it. So basically, Justice League can only add; it cannot subtract, especially if it's something that is negated anyway in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which we consider to be the real canon anyway. So uh, I think that's the most fair. We also kind of have to grade this somewhat on a scale because there's only really two Batman movies that are mysteries, uh, which are the Batman <laughs> and Robin serial from 1949 on the identity of the Wizard and the Batman on the identity of El Rata Alada and Riddler's Plan. To some extent, there's a mystery in Batman Begins in terms of who's behind Crane, but it's not really central to the story, and Batman literally just asked Crane. So, like, it's not really that much. So, we it's going to be slightly more weighted in Lowry and Pattinson's favor, but 
the more detective work you do, the more mistakes you kind of have to make in order to fill up the runtime. Both of these movies are about three hours. In Batman and Robin's case, probably even more. Uh, you know, because oh, wow. it's a movie serial. So are you mentioning that now? Yeah. So we have to keep those in mind. All right. Uh, and then finally, uh, we will bring in the tier maker, the good old tier maker that we've been using for a lot of those. I'll try to make sure that uh, I don't forget to uh, switch between these. But uh, here we are. So here are our rankings. S tier is world's greatest detective. Then A, B, C, D, E. I didn't bother with F. It's just straight goose egg slash it log slash world's greatest dumbass. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> That's great. So It log? It log. Interview to uh, our research assistant, Dan, over in the Philippines. Uh, it log being Tagalog for uh, egg. Uh, but, egg. or egg uh, maybe yeah, egg yeah. yeah 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 so uh, as you can see on the bottom it's uh, the serial Batman Lewis Wilson and Robert Lowry then Adam West Michael Keaton Val Kilmer George Clooney <laughs> Christian Bale Ben Affleck and Robert Pattinson I remember you were like you had so many instances where students had so many zeros that you had a name for it <laughs> <laughs> Again, I there was an F, this is going back just for people that are joining us that are new. Yeah. Goose egg was something I brought up because it was like if you got a zero on a test in school, it looked like an egg, right? Mm-hmm. And like people would say, Oh, you got that goose egg? Or it was always <laughs> goose it was goose, because I guess it was a mm. big oval. I don't know. We said goose egg in Alabama and Georgia. So uh then uh turns out they say it in the Philippines too in Tagalog as itlog. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. I was just like, wow, that's awesome, you know. But it was funny because I don't think you nor Zach, who's also in the South in North Carolina. That's true. We didn't we didn't have that. You didn't have that, but mm-hmm. it must not just be me because it's across the friggin' world in another mm-hmm. language. So yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting how that comes about too. Yeah, no, that is that is wild. It's like it's, it's where you grew up. And the Philippines. So there must have, it's, it's, something's universal about the idea of the zero and the egg. I don't know. It's just a, it's just like you want to make fun of somebody that got a zero. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, we'll see who gets the goose egg. If anybody, to be fair, like when you're writing a Batman story, it's hard to write him. It's, you have to really try to make him be an idiot, I think. So yeah. uh, I don't know if anyone's going to get that, but uh, we'll see. So I hope not. Let's get into it. Finally, we're finally starting the rankings, everybody. Starting with <laughs> Lewis Wilson from the 1943 serial. So, uh, I wrote out all the different evidences of his detective work in the serial. Uh, but uh, episode one, he recognizes on site the car that they were previously following, the one that belongs to the henchman of the villain, Dr. Dacus. So, he definitely is able to recognize and pick up certain things in his observation. Uh, episode two shows he's also very good at predicting criminal behavior. He correctly suspects that his girlfriend, Linda Page, is about to walk into a trap at the Blue Parrot and goes to follow her. Uh, and he also knows not to fall into the trap later on uh, when the criminals lock a certain door, and he knows not to take that door. Uh, We're good so far. Yep. So Wilson is one of the few times we see Bruce Wayne in a lab coat working in the lab, uh, and he does a whole bunch of stuff uh, with that, actually, in terms of examining it. At one point, he gets a coded message from Washington. Alfred just thinks it's junk mail, but he knows it's a coded message, and he uncovers the invisible ink to see that coded message. Uh, he also looks through a thug's coat for identification, sees a map that indicates that they'll attack a railroad that night, um, identifies a gun using radium, sees what criminals take from Linda and figures out that they're after that radium, uh, shares the knowledge of basically 
the process of extracting radium, knows all these certain things. Um, one of his most impressive displays is in episode seven, where he figures out that uh, this one guy's once one guy was taken in an ambulance, he figures out that that ambulance was fake, and he smells the odor of chloroform in the room he was taken from. Uh, and so he takes evidence from that area back to his lab and deduces that that man was kidnapped. So there's just a lot of different things that show that Wilson is an intelligent uh, detective on that. It's not, you know, a mystery story like the follow-up in the serial, but uh, there's enough in it that he definitely shows that he is smart. Um, he sees a cigarette, takes it to the lab to identify that it contains a poison in episode 12, uh, knows it's suspicious when Linda stands him up and correctly deduces that she's in trouble in episode 12. Uh, and uh, even at the end when he's got Dr. Daka tied up and wants Daka to tell him how to reverse the process, uh, he knows that Daka will probably lie to him about stuff. So he uh, dons gloves just in case so that he's not doing this barehanded. Um, and then there's a whole variety of like different little things that I'm not going to get too much into. I'll maybe put it in the, in the show notes, but uh, I've, I've pretty much covered the, the big, big things on this. Overall, he's good at predicting criminal behavior, analyzing clues in his crime lab, putting himself in disguise to go undercover to learn more, and makes notable observations and quick deductions. So, those are the strengths. Where does he fuck up? Uh, <laughs> we're, at, we're at like an A. We're at an so A, far. yeah, I know. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah. We're going to yeah. drop him down now, a couple this, notches? This may drop him down. So, here are the ones that I noted. <clears throat> eh, he should have been able to catch this. So, episode four. Uh, his girlfriend, Linda, is told to meet one of the villains at, for at this fortune teller's place. And so uh, Bruce goes there first, knocks out the fortune teller, takes the fortune teller's place uh, to talk to Linda and tells her to basically she's in danger and to go. So he thinks he's solved it. He is dressed as this fortune teller. Linda leaves, and in the very next room, she gets taken by someone who's hiding there. So Bruce did not account for the fact that there are people outside of the fortune teller in this place. There's not really any sequence where he and Dick Grayson check the place at all. They just kind of show up, seem to assume the fortune teller is the main person there, and that's it. I feel like that should be counted against them because they didn't at least do their due diligence. I think Peanut might agree. Peanut uh, Holmes. Yes. Peanut, uh, what do you think on this? Do you think Peanut, that... Let us hear your thoughts. Yes. <laughs> They went on a fucking two-minute break about talking about their cats in the podcast. <laughs> the true detectives. Yeah. <laughs> the complaints in the yeah. comments. <laughs> so, uh, episode 11, he is he has gone into jail, into a holding cell, in order to sort of go undercover and interrogate another criminal there, posing as his criminal persona, Chuck White, because Matches Malone did not exist at this time. Uh, and he gets the information he needs. Dr. Daka's men are very suspicious of this Chuck White and bail Bruce out. So Bruce now knows that he's been bailed out. He's not been bailed out by Alfred or Dick. He's been bailed out by some mysterious person who we should probably know is Dr. Daka. Does he find a way out of this? That's clever. No. He gets into a regular cab that the Dr. Daka's men then crash right the fuck into. And he is very lucky that he survives out of that. I'm like, dude... You couldn't have had Alfred pick you up in the Batmobile. You couldn't have had to any be. other thing. Yeah. Uh, also, episode 13. Uh, I it, This is tricky because a lot of times Batman winds up in death traps. So you have to determine. 
<laughs> you could have he to. have? Yeah, could he have prevented himself from getting into the trap in the first place, or is it one where it's a complete surprise? In this one, I feel like it's an obvious one where he's in a dark room and the light comes on, and you can clearly see right before it happens the outline of a trap door right under where he's standing, mm-hmm. and then it goes. So I feel like he should have caught that. And again, he has <laughs> yeah. some time to see this. It's not like he's in he's inside a room, he walks in, suddenly it goes dark, and then he gets attacked. It's one where like he has time. They're not trying to make him dumb. But yeah, I they agree. just they're trying to give him an obstacle in the writing. I agree. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. but it's still like, you know, when you're watching, you're like, what? but yeah we're also adults (laughs) this Batman has time to examine this room when this happens so i'm just like okay this is this is not like another thing where he just it's not a surprise thing you know yeah 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 so where would you rank him because i again i feel like he can't really get an s on this his uh, detective work is pretty solid though so Uh, i i don't think he gets anything like a c i don't think he gets a c b plus I agree. I would agree with, with a B plus, uh, a minus if we're being really generous, but a couple of those, those missteps are, uh, they kind of knock them down. Don't they? So we can't forgive it. Yeah, we can't, we cannot, we gotta be harsh with these. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's got the world's greatest detective subtitle on the yeah. thing. We got it. We need yeah. to, you know, exactly. I'm going to be more strict than I have been in the past. So let's go with B for Lewis Wilson. Okay. All right. So, uh, after Lewis Wilson is Robert Lowry, uh, who's in the 1949 Batman and Robin serial, and that one is a mystery. That one is primarily a mystery on the identity of the villain, the wizard. Uh, so, we're, we might have to, again, we're granting this on a scale. Lowry ends up doing a lot more detective work in this one because the whole thing is a mystery. So, here's what we do. Uh, going through it, he does notice a lot of discrepancies throughout. He's the first one to notice all these throughout he does seem in some ways like a precursor to adam west in terms of he's ahead of the police uh through all this uh robin seems to discount certain suspects he mainly discounts the uh professor character in the serial but batman does not rule him out which i think is good because even though it doesn't turn out to be the professor it just shows that batman is a good detective because he waits for evidence and remains skeptical he does not automatically rule people out just because uh you know, he assumes things, you know? Yeah. So that's pretty good on that. He knows the source of the machine short circuit when he gets thrown into it. He figures out that thugs have escaped through another building. So he, like, predicts criminal behavior uh, as well. He predict he figures out that a car is being operated by remote control by the wizard. Um, there's an impressive display of ingenuity here where he retrieves Vicky's photos <clears throat> Uh, Vicky takes Vicky Vales, the the girlfriend in this. She takes a bunch of photos. Uh, they get destroyed in a fire. But Batman retrieves the charred negatives of it and is able to restore the molecular structure of it through infrared plates in this the Batcave. This is heading heading into S tier, bro. Yeah, I know, right? Heading into this is, S. If this is just these are all just strengths, though. <laughs> the, mole- the molecular structure of photos. Yes. Um. One of my one of the other moments where I'm just like, my God, we've we had this in Serial Batman, uh, which is the fact that he figures out that this character named Dunn uh, is hiding a microfilm in his cigar. He tricks him into uh, basically 
revealing this by uh, saying like by basically offering to light the guy's cigar and the guy's like no no and then he grabs the man's cigar tears it in half and reveals the microfilm again this is pure this is detective shit this is Sherlock Holmes type shit that's cool so that's pretty cool um he figures out at one point that the wizard is invisible and can turn himself invisible he does discovered one of the wizard's gloves. <laughs> so at a there's crime legit, scene. there's legit magical powers in this. <laughs> well, it's it's through a machine type of thing. Oh, it's a, yes. sci- a science. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he discovers <laughs> the wizard's gloves at a crime scene and takes it back to his lab to get the fingerprints off of it to identify who it is. Figures out that that invisibility invisibility can wear off after a while, um, and pretty much figures out who the identity of the wizard is. He solves the mystery before anyone else does in this entire thing, surprising everyone on who it is. So Lowry, more of a display of detective work, can predict the wizard's every move, does actually solve the mystery at the end of the serial on the wizard's identity. So, as you said, it's heading into S tier. Is there anything that brings him down? So, (laughs) flaws. Uh, There are several moments in this serial where it seems that Robin notices it when Batman doesn't. So there's a time where they're looking out and Robin points to him. The criminals are getting away in that car. However, <laughs> we don't necessarily like it doesn't it might not necessarily be a case where Batman didn't notice so much as uh, you know, Robin is the one given the line to point it out. So it's kind of tough to judge that uh, so much. So let's go into stuff that is a little bit more egregious. Um, episode seven, he does not notice that Vicky Vale is following them even though he's not a driver but he's in the passenger seat of the car he's not okay. driving the battle he's in the passenger seat yeah. so you would think that he would be able to pick up more on that also at one point uh the wizard attacks the cabin that he's in with another person and uh everything goes haywire and the place basically starts going on fire and the person next to him is like I, you know what's causing all this and batman's like that's what i'd like to know when like the wizard has used this machine on to like fuck up shit throughout this entire thing. We're in episode seven of the serial. You would think Batman would be like, it must be the wizard doing the machine's right. effect. And also Lowry performance wise is just kind of standing there as if, you know, he's enjoying his tea. Like there's no sense of urgency in that moment, which is probably more of a performance <laughs> thing than a detective writing thing. <laughs> the director got that one wrong. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, episode 12, he does not figure out uh, the wizard's hideout. It is in within these rocks. And he finds that a trail ends at the rocks. However, a few episodes, just three episodes later, they discover behind the bushes is this opening in the rocks that leads into the secret entrance. Which basically okay. means that three episodes ago, if they had just checked, then they could have found it. However, in the serial, Batman's like, uh, I'll send Gordon to take a look. <laughs> like, he does not check right. on that. Um Episode 14, he does not figure out that the wizard is going to attack from the window behind him. He's facing the wrong direction. It's Vicky who sees what's happening. There's some leeway in that because he physically could not see it, but it didn't seem like he even accounted for the fact that the wizard could attack him from behind. Yeah. And then the most egregious might not even be something that's a writing issue. It could just be a directing thing. There's a professor in this story who is in a wheelchair but can secretly walk. And in one scene, the professor barges in walking into the scene and batman doesn't say anything what now i'm wondering if they fucked up that day and he was supposed to wheel himself in and they just they just you know it's serials they don't give a shit it's low budget and so like the way it's written he's supposed to roll himself in it wasn't supposed to reveal to batman that this guy could walk The, the scene just plays out as if like you know they've always known he can walk 
So yeah, something's it, lost there. It's a little that seems a bit egregious. Yeah. So it's either really against Lowry or it's just a big production error, but can still kind of go against Lowry considering that, the, you know, we're still in the world of the story. So he does have great displays of te- detective work, even better displays of detective work than Wilson, but he has bigger mistakes, it seems, than Wilson. So where do you feel like he falls into here? As I feel like it's almost in a way kind of, you know, again, we're grading this on a scale. So like it's, it's not, there's more displays and more mistakes though. So should he be graded lower? for that or should be graded mm. a little bit more of a wash because he has a lot more of a mystery to solve. It's a harder case, arguably. Uh, good you know? question. I thought you meant just on scale of when it was made. You mean like in scale on how hard the mystery is. Yeah. Cause in, in some yeah. ways I'm just like, well, if one guy has to deal with the identity of the wizard and another guy just basically has to, you know, punch the Joker in the face. <laughs> then you know, yeah. you know it's you can't really say like one guy's a better the guy who punches the tech the joker in the face is the better detective you know i was gonna give him a b minus but mm-hmm. i'm gonna make it a solid b yeah and we're gonna go up a little bit okay so but that, that molecular thing really sent me over the edge benward yeah no that's it's very impressive <laughs> it's it's early adam west shit it's stuff yeah, it's pre adam yeah. west he's definitely like you can see how there would be a little bit of an influence there on that but like there's still things in this room just like man i wish that like they didn't do that part you know so we're putting him what we gave wilson a b plus yeah i think okay so wilson okay lowry's just under but my god you give it also a b give him a b as well i'd say give him a solid i give him a solid b it's just i wish we could give him s tier man i wish we could because it's it's so cool to kind of like uncover like oh this like batman nobody talks about who has these displays of detective skills, but then you, you see some other shit where you're like, ah, uh, he should have figured that out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that, that wheelchair thing sounds like that's so egregious. They lost something was lost in writing or in the cut or yeah, something was lost just, along the way. And they just like, fuck it. Yeah. That's you what know? it seems like. I think they, yeah. they just forgot that day on the set. Yeah. Or they forgot the wheelchair that day that on set. And they're just like, all right, you just walk in. Nobody will say anything. <laughs> we got to shoot this shit. <laughs> I, I, I'm drinking Coca-Colas that are still filled with cocaine. <laughs> I'm ready to roll. <laughs> so those are the serial Batman. Now let's go into the Batman who is going to sweep everybody. Because <laughs> almost all these Batman come off as smart, but only one comes off as a genius. And that's Adam West. I mean, S. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. This is a Bruce Wayne. This is as obvious as Ben Affleck winning the, the fighting ability. You know, like... Uh, yeah, it's true. This yeah. is Bruce Wayne who plays, like, multiple... Che- he there's, a, there's an episode where he's playing chess with Dick, but there's, like, four different boards stacked against each other, and he's playing... He's literally playing 4D chess, but he's playing four different games at the same time <laughs> against Dick. He always figures out how to escape a death trap, or Robin does, based off his training. And, you know, Robin does just impressively solve a lot of the Riddler's riddles, but when it comes down to it, in the second part of the pilot, in Batman 66, it's Batman who figures out the meaning behind the Riddler's, riddle, you know, the Riddler's riddles and what crime it actually does point to. So, right. you know, for the sake of time, and both time in this episode and my time in prep, because I was not going to watch the entire Batman 66 just to list out every instance for the next two hours of his detective work, I'm just going to cover the, the 66 movie because we know it's going to be an S anyway. So I don't even right. really need to justify a lot of this. But 
Batman figures out that Penguin and Joker are behind <laughs> the shark attack in the beginning based off of it being fishy and that the shark was pulling his leg. <laughs> Pulling his leg, but uh, they more... trained him. <laughs> they trained the shark to just pull his leg as a clue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but no. A more impressive display is he figures out that the yacht that they were going after was an illusion to throw off him and Robin, and deduces that it came from this bellboy in the harbor. He memorizes where he was at the time to check if there is a legal bellboy there or if it was planted by the villains. He also figures out that Commodore Schmidlap uh, is held hostage. Uh, he sees. He's the first one to notice that Penguin Submarine is coming after them. He figures out how the villains kept them uh, to the buoy with magnets and gets his utility belt transmitter to intercept the torpedoes that come their way by reversing the polarity. Uh, he knows to call the Navy about the uh, submarine they sold in order to investigate it and obviously knows that the name P.N. Gwyn is an alias for Penguin. <laughs> I don't think you need to be Adam West, though, to figure that out. Uh, He's a genius! <laughs> He figures out that the United Underworld's minimum objective must be the entire world. Uh, he seems to have figured out both the riddles, Riddler's riddles before he gives them to Robin and the meaning behind them to be a threat to Miss Kitka. Uh, he also tries to use, when he's captured as Bruce Wayne, he tries to use his captivity to figure out that the Commodore Schmidlap is there too. Uh, when Penguin shows up as, in disguise as the Commodore, he immediately sees that it's Penguin. Um... And uh, he helps figure out that the riddles point to the villains basically going to the United World Organization, the UN stand-in for this. Um, and he is also in top condition because he runs for blocks and blocks without tiring at all in this movie. Uh, pretty much at the yeah. end, his biggest thing is he figures out the UN ambassadors are dehydrated. He figures out how to put all of them back together. He does mix everything up, though, but all of them are alive at the end. Uh, and he even says, quote, there's always hope. You should know that, sir, to uh, Gordon, which beats the Batman in being a symbol of hope. Predates well, it true. by several decades. So, again, West, always the smartest man in the room, always uses his brain as well as his brawn to save the day, solve the riddles, figure out what the villains are going to do. Is there any major drawback? We have to talk about the fact that in Batman 66, the movie, Batman does not figure out that his girlfriend, Kitka, who purrs uh, and says perfect <laughs> is not Catwoman. Again, face blindness, right? So we can't just say like, well, you should know just from looking at her because we're going through the overall idea that everyone is somewhat face blind in the DC universe or that the masks do a better job of concealing identities than we think. However, again, yeah. her name is literally Kitka as in Kitty. She emphasizes the purr in perfect the same way that Catwoman does. Now, the only excuse that I think he could have is that he's in love of Kitka. And that he just doesn't see it. But that's really what it is. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <sighs> like, I, I want to give him ultimate S, plus, but I feel like this brings him down just to an S. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> or an this S is a but this is genre convention, I think. It's, this a, is, it's a genre convention, too. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, if it was, if it was like, an actual villain and not somebody that... Well, I guess she's more of a villain in this, right? She's She is in the 66 universe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But he's in love with but he's, you know? Yeah, but he's not in love with the other villains, too. So, what I right. mean, so like... It's like the love is blind kind of thing, you know? I, for that's, sure. Yeah. It doesn't really detract it for me. It's whatever, dude. He's still wanna, an S. <laughs> We're I, not going to take that S away from Adam West. I don't want to think uh, too 
objectively about that. <laughs> I'm going to. On what happened purpose, to us being harsh? <laughs> not to West. <laughs> yeah. No, he is S. Espe- and that, that doesn't even count. I don't. It doesn't even count. Like the harshness <laughs> does not even factor into this. <laughs> at, 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 if we were being super harsh, it's S minus. That's it. Like it's, it's not even. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. Yeah. It does not detract from him being S tier. Just the sheer amount of displays of genius that this Batman displays in this. So, West is at S tier. Serial guys are at B's. Uh, all right. So we will then go into the '90s Batman before our break. So let's go into Michael Keaton. So uh, the this is kind of an interesting period because when you examine the 90s movies, there's really not as much of a display of detective work compared to the predecessors. And I didn't really see it until I started really analyzing it uh, for it. So uh, let's take a look, though, and, and detective work or displays of detective-type intelligence that Keaton does display. He's clearly up to date in the news. He already knows who Alexander Knox and Vicki Vale are by name from their work. So he's clearly well-read on what's going on around the city. Um, he comes off as absent-minded as Bruce Wayne, but he clearly isn't because at one point during the party scene, he brings up that he's kept track of what each party-goer wants there, including Knox wanting a grant. He also has camera surveillance around his house to know and deliberately, uh, is around his house to know what's going on and deliberately has Gordon and Dent there so that he can overhear, you know, potential police conversations of any crimes that are happening. Uh, when he sees Joker for the first time at City Hall, he knows by sight that Joker is Jack Napier, as well as identifies Grissom's men who are in clown makeup as the thugs. Uh, keep in mind, in Sam Hamm's original script, Batman did not know that Jack Napier and Joker were the same person until, like, two-thirds of the way in. So, you know, love you, Sam, but I think that was an improvement in the movie that he identifies on sight. Uh, <laughs> he... Uh, uh, Bruce later knows, uh, you know, there's a part where Vicky Vale gets set up to go on a quote unquote date with him at the museum. And Bruce immediately figures out, wait a minute, I don't have an appointment with her, which is not only suspicious, but he figures out that she must be in danger with the Joker because he arrives as Batman to rescue her. Uh, his biggest moment of detective work, I think in 89 is the fact that he cracks the Joker's tainted products code. Uh, he yeah. sees that, yeah, Jack Napier has an aptitude for chemistry. He notes that from the file. And he says, Alfred, let's go shopping. And then he cracks the code and tells Vicky, you know, police have it wrong. It's not just one product. It's, you know, he's got hundreds of products tainted at the source, and it's a certain combination. He thinks outside the box and figured that out. Yeah. So that's pretty solid. Um, and we have to keep in mind that in the finale with the Batwing, he shows up with a Batwing with a scissor gadget before he knows that the balloons are a threat <laughs> with poison gas. So, right. like, he's, uh, that's some heavy planning. On his part. Uh, in terms of Batman Returns, when the bat signal light seem, seems to automatically know to go to Gotham Plaza to stop the Red Triangle Circus gang, he's probably ended up hearing it on the radio or something like that. Um, but his main stuff in this, even though Daniel Waters knocked it in our in our interview with him, where he's just like, come on, guys, that wasn't much. But he <laughs> suspects Penguin before anyone else that he is not who, you know, this, uh, you know, this beloved figure that he's presenting himself to be. So he investigates the background of the Red Triangle Circus Gang and sees the connection of Penguin to the aquatic bird boy and the kidnapping of children. Uh, he suspects that Penguin's at the Hall of Records for a different purpose than finding what his parents are. He already knows that Max Shrek's power plant plan is suspicious since there's already a power surplus in Gotham. There are instances in both movies where Batman automatically hits somebody either from around a corner 
or from a corner he's walking to because he can already tell that somebody's there. So that's extreme environment, you know, awareness of the environment, minding his surroundings, to, uh, to quote Roz. Uh, he knows that Penguin's trying to bait him on TV with the lighting of the tree, figures out how to shut off Penguin's ability to control the Batmobile after the Batcomputer, you know, helps him find the device, figures out with Alfred how to use Penguin's audio against him in that, uh, you know, basically the, the, uh, the speech that goes wrong for Penguin, Figures out Selena is Catwoman once she does, repeats back the mistletoe can be deadly line. Figures out where Penguin Circus is taking the children and stops them because Penguin never says, he only says that he's taking the children. He never says where they are. So Batman does figure out where that is. Uh, he and Alfred figure out how to stop the Penguin's missiles and jam the frequencies so the Penguins go back to the zoo. Figures out how to intercept the Penguin with the bat ski boat from underground. Penguin's going from, you know, one direction Batman is from underneath him and is able to intercept him, crash the ski boat, and then use the ski boat to decapitate the duck in that. So mm -hmm. uh, he also makes his own gear based off of us seeing him work on the Batmobile. So overall, Keaton's Batman, while not having a ton of screen time compared to the previous Batman, seems like he has the right suspicions and the right deductions, as well as the occasional ability to predict where people are in order to hit them in the face. So... Uh, that's pretty damn good, I'd say. So where are some of the flaws here? Well, he does, as we brought up, seem to have extreme environmental awareness as Batman. But as Bruce Wayne, it does not seem apparent that he even knows that Vicky is following him to the site of his parents' deaths. It seems, you know, and even if he actually does know and wants to play it off differently, he seems surprised to see her at City Hall at the end of the shooting, even though she got there in front of him. I feel like this is somewhat minor. You know, again, there's this whole thing with Keaton's interpretation where he is more himself when he's in the suit, you know, and he's very concerned, you know, this is the anniversary of his parents' death, so he's very focused on uh, on that. But in general, you would think that Batman would kind of know when somebody's following him. Maybe Vicky's that good. I don't know. I feel like this is a minor thing. Um, here's something where key issues in their video really made a mountain out of molehill, which is that uh, they criticized <laughs> that Keaton's Bruce did not know did not figure out that Jack Napier killed his parents because early in the movie, he asked Alfred for the file on Jack Napier. And you can see on the left, on the right, it's Jack Nicholson. On the left, though, it's young Jack Napier, who you would think he would recognize as the killer of his parents. Now, this is a split-second shot <laughs> in it. Like, when I asked Dan to pull this up, even, like, it took a couple tries uh what for <laughs> us to talk about like which shot i was referring to because you know he there's it's a long shot of him just going through each of the each of the pages so like this is not something that a lot of people remember however i mean hugo blick the actor who played young jack napier his picture is in there so presumably bruce would take a look at it but i'm also not even sure if that was meant to happen especially like that kind of ruins bruce learning that when joker says you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight to him in vicky's apartment so, I don't know. How do you feel about this? So, they think that he hasn't figured it out because their pictures are together? No, I think they, they're they saying that Bruce should have known that Jack Napier, the Joker, killed his parents because he should recognize the face of the man who killed his parents. Because the mugshot on the left is Jack Napier around the time he killed the Waynes. So, he should recognize How that. How good of a look did he get? I mean, I, I mean, guess it does it come out into the light and say, tell me. Yeah. Like, he does have the line. That is true. 
So uh, that I mean, would I can see that. But point. is in this shot, it's showing that he's still on the lookout for them for the Joker. He's mainly trying to get information about Jack Napier in this moment, in this specific scene. He is not trying to investigate his parents' death. The whole thing about Joker's connection to his parents' death doesn't even factor until uh, Joker says the whole dance with the devil line. And there's not really any evidence in the movie that Bruce already knew that Jack killed his parents. I mean, they're together, so he's on the case already. Plus, like, how long would this be? 20 years, maybe? So, like, he remembers Jack Napier's face, but he hasn't connected it to Jack Napier being the Joker yet, right? Well, he has, right? He has seen... He sees Joker at City Hall, says, I just found out Jack Napier's still alive, asks for the file on Jack Napier, gets oh. this file, which has young Jack and, you know, current Jack, right? Yeah. So presumably what they're saying is that he should have seen the photo and be like, holy shit, this is the man who killed my parents. Does he know that, but they just didn't say it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, but he also seems surprised when he does the, when joker says the dance with the devil line so unless we're going with the idea that off uh, also this all would have happened off screen then like off screen he then figures right. out that jack napier yeah. killed his parents and then you know like i, I feel like at the moment in the apartment after the you want to get nuts part like i think that's the moment where he figures out like that's the whole point of joker saying that line right um it's a good point but I don't know, man. I don't. It's tough because, like, uh, do we really count this against Keaton? A split second shot that very few people notice. You know. Ah, uh, we did say we were going to be strict. <laughs> <laughs> this is us being strict. <laughs> oh man, the thing is, I don't like to side with this part of the internet too often. But... I know, I know, but I'm just, there's just comes to a point where I'm just like, okay, well, are they right? You know, like. Is it a valid point that he should have seen this photo and been like, oh, this is the guy who killed my parents before, you know, the rest of the movie? I think that's true. I just think that it's a little... <sighs> they probably spent as much time as we do in that video uh, that are criticizing Keaton for this, but I'm just like, it's like... You could easily just... All you got to do is just take that photo out of the file. Like, this is a props thing, not necessarily a writing thing. You just take that photo out of the file and the whole thing still plays out fine. You know, it's only because the photo of this actor is there for like less than a second in there that we're now talking about this. Right. Um, so we kind of kind of have to just pretend that that photo is not there. But it is there. It is there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is there. Uh, shit, I mean, man. It's kind movie, of a good yeah. find. That's, yeah, it's not going to ruin the fucking movie for me. No, it doesn't. But it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Let's it it'll let's make it drop just like a. From what A to A minus okay. because of this. All right, you get demerit, but not a big one. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So Batman Returns. Um. The only thing in Batman Returns that I think could be legitimate is that when he walks in to rescue the Ice Princess, he does not seem to be aware that Catwoman is like hiding in there. Which you know, given how aware he is in other times in the movies, it seems like he should be able to catch on to that. Again, this seems very minor. Um, some have criticized that, uh, I mean, Key Issues criticizes that Batman kind of fell into the trap with Penguin taking over the Batmobile. However, there's not really any evidence that Batman was ever presented that the Batmobile had been tampered with when he goes to it. 
has no real reason to believe it would be or believe that Penguin would have the capability to mess with it uh, or even have the blueprints to the Batmobile that he seemingly has, all that type of stuff. So I'm like, I don't, he, again, if we're going by weaknesses, could he reasonably have deduced before going to the Batmobile that Penguin took it over? My answer is no. There's no clues there. We've seen no clues there. So right. I feel like he gets a pass for that. I agree. The other question is, do we discount it against him for not figuring out that Selena Kyle is Catwoman until the party? It's not as obvious as the 66 movie. So I was thinking about this from Batman's perspective, right? Catwoman has randomly blown up Shrek's store, fought him, and then helped Penguin kidnap the Ice Princess. He has not really any sense of what Catwoman wants, which is vendetta against Max Shrek. Uh, nor would he have any reason when it comes to Selena Kyle to believe that she's anything more than just a kind of disturbed executive assistant for Shrek. Like, if he knew that Selena wanted revenge on Max, and he knew that Catwoman wanted revenge on Max, then you could see him be like, huh, either these two women <laughs> both have the same thing going on, or it's the same person. Right. You know, but he, again, he does not have enough information. He does not have enough time with her. The closest that you get is that you know, like, oh, uh, they're outside of appearance and voice. They're both kind of odd. That, that's all you get. Right. So I'm like, I right. think we can't really discount it against Keaton that he did not figure out that Selena is Catwoman because it's not as obvious as Kitka in, in Batman 66. Right. So um, we're going with, outside of all this, the main, I guess the main knock against him is this thing with Jack Napier, which we're kind of like, eh. <laughs> About right. so I guess that get, that puts him at an A. Yeah, A A minus. All right, we'll give him an A minus. Uh, so let's go on over to what we got here. That uh, might have been like that mistake with the photo. I mean, the movie was being rewritten on set. Yeah, and God several revisions. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I don't know, it's, dude. It's fine. I don't. I honestly yeah. don't require my movies to be a hundred percent watertight. Yeah. They never. They hardly ever are. And again, so, I just uh, to me, this is a props thing. Somebody's just like, oh, you know, it would be cool if you put this actor, you know, the actor who plays the young guy in the file. And they're like, sure, let's do that. And that's all it is. Like, I mean, I feel like it's not know, really supposed to be there. <laughs> but in the world of the movie, it is. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. So we'll give it some. It's minus, there if you hit some pause points or if you notice. Because you, you saw this easily... like a you saw this like a thousand times, right? And you never noticed till it was brought. I never up noticed until somebody on the internet brought it up. Not not key issues, but like way earlier, it was like on okay. some like like goofs of Batman '89. I'm just like really, and then I remember stopping my VHS, and I'm like, oh shit, that is there, but like you don't really <laughs> notice it. Yeah, like a crisis of faith. <laughs> 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 no, because you could easily just take a quick glance at it and be like, oh, they're just all Jack, like Jack Nicholson. You don't yeah. like. You have to take another look to be like, oh, wait a minute, that's the young guy. So, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, let's go into Val Kilmer. So, uh, Val Kilmer's Batman in Batman Forever. Uh, he figures out all the riddles in this movie, so automatically those are points for him. Uh, he deduces in the movie that the reason that Two Face is robbing the second, you know, bank in Gotham is because it's the second anniversary of the day that he captured him. Um, seems to have a, a background in studying psychology, kind of already knows uh, Chase Meridian's work, calling it naive but insightful. Uh, also has a knowledge of science, brings up that bats aren't rodents, Dr. Meridian. Uh, <laughs> also figures out how Nigma's box works through fully interactive holographs. 
figures out Nygma's identity and figures out how to get Riddler out of Riddler's death trap by throwing the battering at the hub and manages to save Chase and Robin in a death trap that was supposed to kill pretty much everybody. So, you know, there's not a ton here, but Kilmer's Batman does come off as intelligent, gets to display it more, you know, more so than uh, what we might give him credit for, and uh, that's kind of just due to uh, the fact that the Riddler is part of this. Let's go into potential yeah. drawbacks. So, this is one where I'm just like, I'm bringing it up, but I don't think we should count it against him. Batman falls into a trap. This is one where we always have to examine, like, could he have deduced this earlier? He falls into a trap because there's a bank vault where that annoying guard is, like, held hostage, right? And he goes in to save the guard. When he rips the duct tape, the guy's like, it's a trap, and then the thing closes. I'm like, if I count that against him, there's there's not really any clues to that. The only thing I could, like, we, if we count that against him, we're basically counting against him because he wanted to save a guy's life. That's yeah. not something that I think we should count against him. However, uh, we have a few other instances here. One is... Uh, in the scene where he meets Chase, he does not figure out that Chase is actually working out rather than being assaulted, which could be chalked up to the fact that he's used to hearing people in distress all the time as Batman. But also, you would think he would know the difference between the sounds. He's clearly mistaken. It's, you know, obviously played as a gag, but it is one where, like, he probably could have figured that out. Right. Um, to me, his biggest offense is that... Uh, so, Nigma in this movie kills his boss and then fakes it to look like a suicide and then fakes video footage and fakes the note. And Gordon's like, it's definitely suicide, right? We know Gordon's wrong on this. Right. Bruce just remarks like, stickly suicide. It doesn't make sense. And then that's it. There's no evidence that he ever investigates the suicide. Uh, and we also have to keep in mind that later on, he finds riddles and he knows that there's a criminal named the Riddler going on. And there's this guy who used to work for him who he turned down, whose name was Nigma, and had a whole cubicle full of crossword puzzles and question mark shit. <laughs> and his boss died of mysterious circumstances. And he has riddles clearly aimed at Bruce Wayne. I'm like, even though Batman does not actually have a scene against Riddler in the mask until the final scene, the final confrontation on Claw Island, where he already knows, this is not a face blindness thing. He clearly does not know Riddler is, is Nigma until, you know, towards the end. I never saw it coming. <laughs> Enigma. Edward Enigma. I'm like, okay. Like, if, if we just kind of suspend our disbelief and we don't think about these things, then cool. But then when, you, when I was thinking about it, I'm just like, you just don't investigate this mysterious suicide in your company. And then the guy who, uh, you know, <laughs> the guy who you turn down just decides to leave the company the same day and start his own thing and leaves a bunch of riddles. You know, you have all these riddles and this guy's name was Enigma, you know, all this type of stuff. <laughs> So I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, C plus. Yeah. There's also just one last you could, thing. You could give him a B if you give him a B. It could average out yeah. to B. I I'll have one more thing before I I chime in on this one. Uh, he does not figure out when Alfred's just like he stole the car. Bruce has like three or four tries before Alfred's like the other car. Like you would think he would figure it out earlier. On that. So <laughs> yeah, that's. Let's just make it funny right here, yeah. even though it's a little... I mean, whatever, dude. I loved it when I was a kid. I still like it. I hear so. it. I hear it, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's if we're purely looking at this from the lens of detective work, he should have figured that out. So, um, B- minus if I'm being generous. Almost. But we're not. But we're not, so it's going to be C+. <laughs> 
Sorry, Kilmer. We love you, but yeah. Ah, uh, man. Okay. So uh, now we move into Clooney. So this is going to be interesting, actually, because of the fact that I think universally everyone's just like, okay, he's the worst Batman, right? However, uh, we got to look at this again. We're examining this purely based off of detective work in the movie, right? So we can't just go in with a bias that, oh, well, Clooney sucks, so he's definitely going to get the world's greatest dumbass one. Like, let's look at what he's able to figure out. So <laughs> <laughs> we're just judging one aspect only though exactly right? yeah so, exactly yeah. yeah so here uh when barbara shows up at wayne manor he as a, as a display of his observational skills he knows she went to alfred's alma mater oxbridge based off of basically her jacket uh he figures out that alfred is ill and dying this is big thick because key issues in their video claim that Clooney is an idiot and has no idea Alfred is dying until Alfred's literally on his deathbed. This is not accurate. In the movie, Clooney is actually the one who figures out that Alfred is not just sick, he's dying. And he tells that to Dick. He figures that out before Barbara, Alfred's niece in this movie. So if anything, that's more of a plus. That's not a minus in how it's presented. Mm, yeah. Um even though he's been under the spell of Poison Ivy, he does figure out that Poison Ivy's kiss is poison and that she's got some sort of hold over him and Dick with a pheromone extract. Considering that he's That's been... That's detective work yeah, under the influence. Yeah, uh, uh, or post-influence. Uh, he does Post. figure out that Poison Ivy uh, was at the party that he goes to when he's in his tuxedo later on and that Ivy is Pamela Isley, so he does figure out her identity. Uh, he does deduce that Ivy steals Gordon's keys to gain access to the GCPD rooftop uh, to get his signal and turn it into a Robin signal in order to bait Robin. So despite his reputation, I've got to say, Clooney's Batman is pretty damn smart. And that's likely due to them channeling the Adam West show in this. Are yes. There, yes. Are there flaws? <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> Oh man! It, it might be close to it though, because I remember when we rewatched this, and I say this in the episode we did, I was I was very impressed actually with Clooney's detective work in this. I was just like, "Damn, this <laughs> that, guy's actually yeah. smart for all his reputation. This guy's actually pretty smart." That that and the Alfred scenes, yeah, and um, the Batmobile. I remember, I was like, I I don't hate this. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep going. Yeah. So okay, potential flaws. He uh, Alfred brings up that he's been supporting. Barbara until she, you know, shows up. So Bruce does not seem to know about this. However, you can chalk this up to the fact that he's probably not really investigating what Alfred does. Uh, he's investigating criminals out there. So I'm like, I feel like I can give some leeway to that uh, in the fact that he did not know that Alfred was sort of financially supporting uh, his niece. Uh, he does figure out that Alfred is dying. However, Alfred does say that he's already seen the best doctors for his condition of McGregor syndrome, which implies that he's been sick for longer than Bruce has known, and Bruce has not noticed. So that potentially could count against him, but he still figures out that Alfred's dying. <laughs> like, he still figures that out before all the other characters. Um, and Alfred, as they know in the movie, is very proud and does not want to show that weakness, especially to Master Bruce. So... Yeah. He's just been very good at hiding it. Um, the only other thing is when Barbara shows up as Batgirl and saves him, you know, saves both him and Dick from Poison Ivy. Uh, Batman says, and you are. And she says, Bruce, it's me, Barbara. So it seems like he doesn't really know it's initially Barbara Gordon. But again, if we're going by face blindness here, 
what evidence would he have that this woman who just randomly showed up is Barbara outside of, you know, general face blindness and stuff. Or, it's a genre convention, man. It's a genre convention. She's totally masked up right here, you know? You could also give the benefit of the doubt that he's saying, and you are, as in, like, okay, so what's your superhero name, Barbara? Oh, yeah, that is true, actually. They were going to, yeah, that's probably also part of it, yes. Yeah, like, he he doesn't say, who are you under there? He's like, and you are. Yes, that's true, that's true. So, and it's also, it's not like they don't play around with names in the Schumacher movies, you know, Dick presumes that he's going to be nightwing at one point like they they bat around with names all the time in this so uh there's that uh mr freeze also at the end has backup bombs that batman does not know are there however again we can't really count that against them because there are no clues to it so uh if the main flaws are that he might have figured out alfred was sick a little too late and that it's a little ambiguous whether he had figured out that it was barbara as batgirl where are we going to rank Clooney? Because honestly, I think he's probably the best detective out of the 90s Batman. People are going to hate us for saying that, but I think he is. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, at least, I guess, A. Yeah, A plus, maybe. Yeah. Which, put, it's, which does put him above Keaton. Because we just gave Keaton an A. So... <laughs> I These mean, will be just controversial, in the one, guys. Just yeah. in the one thing. You guys have to keep in mind, this is the one aspect, okay? so Clooney didn't have that uh, photo... <laughs> problem <laughs> so, yeah that's true oh, um, we could also talk about how like maybe he didn't catch or initially catch on that poison ivy was Pamela Isley but again we got the whole face blindness thing and he only meets Pamela Isley like once before he meets like poison they ivy. always write him with women as his weakness that too. also that's even true. without any kind of pheromone mm-hmm. uh, yeah you know it just does something to him <laughs> exactly <laughs> So, uh, for right now, the rankings at S, World's Greatest Detective, is Adam West. At A, is George Clooney. And then Michael Keaton. And then, in terms of the B category, it's Lewis Wilson and Robert Lowry. And at C, is Val Kilmer. And uh, we're going to find out where the more modern Batman, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, and Robert Pattinson, all rank after the break. Just wanted to announce that I have a new podcast called Gaming Gaiden. It's about retro gaming. It's a lot about Japanese to English translation in this first season. It will be 10 episodes each season. First season will be dropping soon, much sooner than I'm on a recon. The co-host for this one will be Mike Torres. If you saw the ranking, every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you have seen Mike before. So yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general, Japanese cultural differences as well, and we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly, aka EGM, so stay tuned for that. So please be on the lookout for Gaming Gaiden Podcast coming soon. Ellen, in 15 seconds, what is Nice Games Club? It's our game dev podcast. Steven, help! Game mechanics, accessibility, art and animation, level design, prototyping. Everything that goes into making video games. How's that, Mark? Nice. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get your podcasts or at nicegames.club. Need some adventure in your life? 
What Mad Universe is a podcast where two guys delve into the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, and the impact it's had on pop culture. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. Or... But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't it's... read Dune! You have, no, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the HyperX Podcast Network. What's that? majestically cresting the horizon as it makes its way into port. Why, it's the brand new HyperX Armada monitors, mounts, and arms. Both the HyperX Armada 25 and 27 gaming monitors come bundled with a sturdy HyperX Armada mount and arm. If you need every split second of advantage when gaming, the Full HD Armada 25 and its 240Hz refresh rate are for you. If you like to soak in the graphical majesty of your gaming, you'll be eyeing the Quad HD Armada 27 with an 165Hz refresh rate. Set sail for HyperX.com or Amazon.com to start making your display armada. If you're a shrewd shopper, it's about to be your favorite time of the year. HyperX will be running massive sales for the holiday season. Get up to 50% off some of our most popular products like the Ultra Comfy Cloud 2 headset, the tough, responsive Alloy Origins mechanical keyboard, and the fan-favorite Quadcast USB microphone. Sales will be going on at all major e-tailers, but be sure to head to HyperX.com and sign up for the newsletter to get the scoop on the biggest deals. Happy Holidays from HyperX. Hey there, this is Andrew Sellen, better known to you as Mr. Penn and the Ventriloquist on Gotham. And this is Mr. Scarface, and if you know what's good for you, you'll listen to Suther House Podcast. Get it? And we're back. We are indeed, yes. <laughs> we're going to analyze the rest of these detectives in front of us. Please tell me that pipe blows bubbles. <laughs> No, it's actually it's a real one that I've never used. <laughs> when I was oh. younger, I did a did, I had one that blew bubbles. You gotta get the bubble pipe, dude. <laughs> you, gotta, you went to an actual con, <laughs> a place that sells Conestoga to, I, to get a pipe. Yeah, when I was young, I had the one that blew bubbles. And uh, for this episode, when Andrew went by the Watson, I was like, oh, I missed opportunity. I got to wear my deer stalker and have the pipe. So uh, here we is are. Watson, is Watson kind of chubby in the actual novel, too? Um, They always throw him as, like, not, chubby, right? They they do because of Nigel Bruce, but he is he is a former army surgeon. So And he's recently come back from the war in the very beginning. So maybe he gained, he does gain weight later. But when uh, he gets married, and Holmes notes that, but he is not like automatically a chubster. So okay, <laughs> not not immediately. Okay, not immediately. I got it. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So let's go into the uh, the more modern Batman, starting with Christian Bale. So uh, let's pull him up right here. Here we go with Christian. Uh, I decided not to count any detective stuff that might have happened before he was Batman because there's not a lot of detective stuff before he's Batman anyway, and he's also not Batman yet. So Batman <laughs> yeah, Begins... Yeah, as Batman as detective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, in Batman Begins, he gathers what he needs to to take down Falcone, takes him down overnight, getting leverage on Judge Faden and passing it on to Rachel while catching him in the act. He, uh, In terms of deductive stuff, he recognizes Crane's fear gas as being related to the blue poppy that he got high off of in the mountains. Um, 
during the Arkham sequence, he seems to know the layout of Arkham pretty well as evidenced by his escape and knowing which places to go in order to get out of there. Uh, also, when Liam Neeson shows up at the party, he figures out that Ducard isn't just alive, but Ducard is actually the true identity. Uh, Ducard is actually Ra's al Ghul. Uh, so, to a certain extent, Begins is a mystery in finding out that Ra's is behind Crane and that Ra's is somehow still alive. So, so far, so good on detective work. The Dark Knight, he is, you know, we've got the whole tracking the mob through irradiated bills. We got him keeping tabs on Harvey to see if he can be trusted and scopes out Dent by visiting him and Rachel when they're at dinner as Bruce Wayne. He already knows that Lau is corrupt and uses Wayne Enterprises and Lucius Fox to get a closer look at his books. He knows that Joker's going for Harvey before Joker even shows up at the party. This is just omniscient in some ways because we've got the whole sequence where Bale sneaks up on Eckhart and puts him in a chokehold and chokes him out. Uh, Bale's Bruce must have figured out in some way that Joker was going to show up, either because Gordon contacted Batman in some way or he heard that the commissioner had died, something like that. But he seems to have known before Joker comes out in the elevator that Harvey is in danger. Um, he figures out Joker's the names of Joker's victims have the last names of Harvey and Dent at one point. Uh, his biggest claim to fame, even though it shows no understanding of how bullets work, uh, is the bullet stuff <laughs> that leads him to the next clue in the Dark Knight with the fingerprint. Uh, for the purpose in the world of the story, it works out and it shows good detective work and good initiative. Uh, also, he's able to identify pretty much all the police officers by name during the whole sequence where they're trying to figure out which cop would likely try to kill Mr. Reese. Uh, and he is aware of the cops who'd have family members in the hospital who would want to kill Reese has basically Alfred take a look at it and sends that over to Gordon to help save Reese's life. He also figures out how to prevent Reese from getting killed by a truck driver and puts himself in harm's way. Uh, and, of course, one of my favorite action sequences, my favorite in the entire trilogy, is when he figures out that the hostages at the end are actually uh, disguised henchmen, or disguised as henchmen, and successfully disarms all of the police so that they don't kill the wrong people. So far, so good. Uh, and in The Dark Knight Rises, even when he's fucking retired, Bill's Batman is actually still Batman because he sees Selina, knows that she took his mom's pearls, is not a real maid, and knows that she was after his fingerprints rather than the pearls themselves. He's able to identify that she was Selina Kyle, even though she uses fake fingerprints during the theft. Some of Bale's best detective work is actually when he's retired in The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, he stakes right. out Antrax Selina, and then pretty much that's where his detective work ends as far as I'm concerned. So, overall, Bale's Batman is a pretty good detective, deducing and stalking yeah. people, you know? The detective work itself isn't flawed. I mean, he kind of underestimates Joker at first in The Dark Knight, where he's just like, one man or the mob. But, like, Joker at that point in the story has not struck big yet, outside of robbing mobsters. So, he doesn't really have a reason to be concerned about him versus, like, the mob that's been plaguing Gotham for years. So, right. so far, pretty solid. So, let's go into potential flaws. Honestly, Bale's flaws as a detective from what from rewatching the movies, they don't really come up that much in, in Batman Begins or The Dark Knight. It's unsurprisingly The Dark Knight Rises, where things don't end up working after he's investigating Catwoman. So uh, he does not figure out when Catwoman pickpocks his valet ticket uh, out of his pocket in Dark Knight Rises. Uh, the biggest thing is Miranda Tate. Now, Miranda Tate is yeah. Talia. This is one of the worst kept secrets. There's not a lot of clues, if we look at the actual story, that she is Talia. However, it seems that Bruce, again, we're going off the idea that his weakness is women, but it also seems that he has become overly trusting 
in his retirement because he trusts Miranda yeah. Tate to take over Wayne Enterprises when he doesn't even know her. He's very, he hasn't even had a meeting with her outside of the the party. Like, oh, this, you smell nice. <laughs> and this is before I guess he you sleeps can... with her. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was that, too. This is before he sleeps with her. That I'm he trusts sure her he'll be fine. Him. He gives his whole company to Miranda Tate. I'm like, ah, uh, that doesn't Lu- work. Lucius is like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> We all want you to be happy, Mr. Wayne, but <laughs> but this is this, this is, is wrong. This is wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, man. also he trusts Selena to lead him to Bane, and she betrays him immediately when she locks the gate on him. He probably should have accounted that at some point she was going to do something like that. Maybe not the exact way that she did it, but he's basically trusting a criminal in that moment. Uh, and then when he comes back to Man. Gotham after she betrayed him, he, he trusts her again <laughs> to help him when he comes back because he sees her rescue a child. This feels very sudden. She does not even apologize for selling him out to Bane so that Bane can break his back and throw him into a prison in the middle of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. He, This is one where I'm, I'm 50-50 on. He does not go for Bane's mask in the beginning. Granted, he doesn't know the purpose for it, but considering that this guy is wearing a very unique mask with tubes in it, you think he could make it at least a strategic guess to go for it at some point. Yeah. yeah. At least he gets it at the end, dude. Yeah. He gets it I at think the end because he's told. Maybe, maybe they were like, cause in that first fight, he's kind of blinded by his own rage. Yeah. He's very angry. Mm-hmm. And they, they make that a point, I think in that fight, which is a cool fight. Yeah. Uh, but how blinded by rage are you? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, it's whatever, dude. I don't I know. I, that's not the biggest thing in the world but but yeah i get it yeah yeah like i i think again like if we're looking at the original nightfall comic the reason why bane won outside of being just bulked up on venom is the fact that he exhausted batman he broke out all the arkham inmates and that exhausted batman because he literally had to fight everybody and then bane showed up after bane you know bruce comes home from patrol he basically cheats his way into breaking batman's back in that one here, Cheats or plays strategically. That's true. He does play, play strategically. <laughs> Sometimes they're the same thing. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, he yeah. So that's how he beats him. And here, it'd be one thing if Bane hurts Alfred, you know, and that's what causes the rage. But it seems like he's just angry at Bane. <laughs> you know, it's like ah. But I'm like, well, it would be nice if there was another motivation for that anger. I'm saying in that moment because it just that is seem true. Like he is angry, but I forget why. Beats he's just me. Yeah. coming out of retirement. He's he's sore. Like he I wants don't know. to prove himself. Prove himself, but yeah, like it's it's not as opposed to like if there was something personal there, then we would like I think we would be a little bit more with him in being pissed, even though we would know like deep down like this is not the right move right now. Um, we would understand that more. I think um, he's also wrong about Bane being Ra's al Ghul's child. However, I don't think the clues necessarily. Uh, the clues don't necessarily tell him that he's wrong about that. Like, I don't... Like, this plus the fact that Talia is Miranda Tate, I feel like the clues aren't really there for him to connect that. I'm going to tell you, man, I'm thinking I'm settling at a B. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, so... Already, I'll just some... jump to that right now. Overall, overall what I've realized, because I've, I've mapped it out in terms of our episodes for strategy and heroism, and I think Bale's, this is, this is similar to the killer thing too, where it's just like, he's had some really high highs 
you know, this like this is the highest the Batman franchise has ever been is the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight trilogy when it comes to the public eye and public reception of the prestige of Batman. But then there's also some like low lows at times in terms of his character's mistakes uh, or characterization when it comes to detective work or strategy or compassion and heroism. So it's just it's really tough because I'm just like, it's so close. You just got to change a few things. But, you know, it is what it is. So um, let's say, yeah, I had written down that I would give him a B on this. Oh, you already, yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I feel like we he gets a lot of points for the stuff he's able to do in the other ones. It's just this last movie, man, really brings it down. If it, if if the detective work was more solid in The Dark Knight Rises, then he easily could have been like, well, if he has no flaws, then he's above Clooney. He could have potentially even been S tier, but because of Dark Knight Rises and, and these issues with detective work there, I can't give it to him. Uh, so we're giving him a B Man. right next to Lowry. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. It's just we've all we've talked about the movie a lot, yeah. obviously, yeah. but it's just like it's just the worst of that trilogy, mm-hmm. and that that movie just takes a nosedive after that nuclear bomb thing. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. like it's just something. Other than that kind of last fight with the police versus Batman or whatever, the kind of Tale of Two Cities Yeah, against uh, these guys, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Mm -hmm. Finale, finale, but I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, anyway, we talked about it. Let's keep going. All right, so Bale is at B. He's still above Kilmer. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like they're a little bit closer, but... We'll we'll say that Kilmer's like C plus. Um, but... See, you, you can change. You can change it. I, I mean, you could be B minus or B minus. Doesn't really bother me, really. Uh, this is an upset. I'm going to change it. Okay. It's just I, I, I feel like it's not he that has, bad. He has such a great display of intelligence throughout it that I feel like giving it a C is that is true. The, He's got a service. little something. It's it's the stickly stuff, and again, some of it is. Not necessarily bad characterization so much as just like a plot thread that they didn't follow, you know, on the writer's yeah. point. So we got to keep that in mind. Okay, moving on to Batfleck. So we have a whole bunch of different variations of uh, Batfleck, but we are going to stick to BVS Ultimate Edition. Um, I'm skipping Suicide Squad. There's no detective work in that. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's in one dumbass scene. <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League, but any bonus points for any good detective stuff in Justice League. No minus points for any bad detective stuff, uh, which there is <laughs> in Justice League. So uh, here we go. BVS. He does figure out that the white Portuguese is a ship carrying kryptonite into Gotham and has researched that kryptonite can kill Superman. Though I don't know how much of that research is just literally reading Lex's files. Because uh, Lex is the one who figures that out. Uh, he baits Anatoly into being able to clone his phone through, you know, the Playboy Act when they're in the underground fight club. And he tracks Anatoly's info to Lex Luthor, stakes out Lex's place to copy the hard drive at the party. You know, we saw that, epi- you know, that saw the whole sequence. I like those shoes and stuff where he's pretending to be drunk, but he's really yeah. trying to get the information. Uh, when he meets Wonder Woman, he tells her that he also knows the real location of Alexander the Great's sword that cut the Gordian knot. Uh, he tracks Diana to the museum there to talk to her about the stolen drive, helps create some of his own equipment, including the lead kryptonite bombs, is able to hack Lex Luthor's encrypted files, which Diana was not able to, Uh, then figures out Diana's email address to email her the photo of her with Steve Trevor and the whole World War I crew. Uh, Deduces 
based off of Doomsday having heat vision, that Doomsday is Kryptonian, which means that the Kryptonite can weaken it. So, so far, pretty good. Uh, in both versions of Justice League, he's able to identify the material of Flash's suit on site, the exact type of material used to uh, basically stop spaceships from burning up on reentry. Uh, knows the history of the tunnels under Gotham and knows that they're under Gotham Harbor when Steppenwolf sends the missile into the wall. In the Justice League cut, again, we're going for added points for that, uh, puts a tracking device on Aquaman's coat, though Aquaman does abandon it, uh, identifies the sound that makes the parademons go crazy and has Alfred replicate it, is the one to come up with a plan to resurrect Superman through the mother boxes, and knows the nuclear plant where Steppenwolf is hiding out when Cyborg mentions it. Snyder Cut, though, has a lot more impressive stuff. He's able to locate Aquaman to the village. It's highlighted more that this is a little bit more of an impossible task to find this mysterious guy, you know, Arthur of the Seas. Um, knows Icelandic that Aquaman says to the villagers. Uh, he does not seem to know the language in the Justice League cut. Uh, recognizes right. that uh, they will act, you know, once they activate the box, uh, Steppenwolf will be able to trace them. Figures out that parademons were afraid of Superman in the Snyder Cut. Uh, knows what Cyborg means about how Silas Stone in his last act and sacrifice was trying to superheat the box, though it is Cyborg who figures this out first in the Snyder Cut. So it's more that he knows what he's talking about, but he didn't quite figure it out in that scene. To be fair, this is Justice League, so you kind of have to display, each person has to have their own moment. Um, figures out in the Snyder Cut that Flash's warning from BVS it has more going on with it about Lois being the key than just her being the key to you know make Superman snap out of his uh, post-death craziness. Then figures out in the Snyder Cut that Steppenwolf's defensive dome has a flaw and that if you take it out, the entire dome will fall. So, Affleck's Batman, decent amount of intelligence and tracking, similar to Bale's. Unfortunately, he may have the biggest flaws in detective work. Oh, man. BVS. He is easily manipulated by Lex Luthor against Superman, mainly with Wallace Keefe's fabricated documents, the whole, you know, the newspaper clippings, and oh, not the, the, the pay stuff, that say you let your family die, that stuff. He does not yeah, investigate yeah. or try to verify if this guy even sent them. Derp, this is what this guy's saying is right. This is... <laughs> He this also like me must be <laughs> not corrupt. He also never really cares to investigate the fact that every criminal he brands ends up dead and assassinated by Luthor's men. He might not know that it's Luthor's <laughs> men who are doing it, but he should notice that there's a pattern that these guys are getting killed for having the bat brand on there. Also, oh Superman is believed to be responsible for those deaths in Africa that lead to this Inquisition. At no point in BVS does Affleck's Batman actually investigate whether Superman was even responsible for that. He does not go to Africa to investigate the crime scene. He does not go over any of the reports or the files on that. He does not go to Washington, D.C. for the bombing to figure out Wallace keeps bombing. The best detective in BVS is not Batman. It's Lois Lane. D. <laughs> so, <laughs> unfortunately, Yes. <laughs> unfortunately yes and again we love Affleck we are yeah. looking forward to seeing him again but detective work is not his forte and, and I'll tell you that unfortunately intelligence is not his forte forte because <laughs> they just did not write him to have it he could have like imagine how much stronger the motivation would be to fight Superman if Luthor thought ahead to fake more of the evidence and Affleck's Batman saw that evidence and is just like, well, it seems like he was on our side, but all this evidence matches up. Superman is a villain. I have to stop him. Like that would make sense if we literally saw Batman at crime scenes, you know, saw traces of stuff that was not of this earth, you know, but we didn't. He kind of just takes everyone's word you know, for it, that, you know, Superman killed those people in Africa and Superman neglected 
to find the bomb in Washington, D.C., and that Wallace Keefe, you know, was motivated to be a suicide bomber. Like, he takes all of that into account. He's supposed to be the most paranoid Batman. He doesn't look into any of these things. So, right. He's not the world's greatest dumbass, but he gets. Nah, it's a little mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't. Again, I didn't think that anybody would get that in here, but unfortunately, he might be the closest to it in that. So yeah. Uh, and again, we suck Snyder's dick for six months, so it's not like we hate the Snyder movies, but we're we're going purely off of this one I mean, aspect. He's got the best fight in the best suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So there's that, and he's. Does he have the most movies at this point? No, no. Never mind. Mm-hmm. I just thought of all if of we this. count alternate cuts, if we count alternate cuts yeah. and cameos, then yes. Yeah, yeah. I guess that'd be quantity over quality if you really want to argue it. But yeah, definitely best suit, best fight, mm-hmm. and honestly, like biggest fan response reversal of all time. All That's true. Time. Yeah. Like I, I, I um. Probably neck and neck with Keaton, maybe, but like I still, right? Like it's, it's much faster than Keaton. We got much faster. Than, yeah, yeah. It's the it's yeah. the internet. Yeah, I'd, I'd say at least of the of the modern, you know, the the latest stuff where people lose their shit on who's being cast in a Batman movie. He's God. he's the quickest, you know, the most dramatic reversal. Yeah, it went from that's the stupidest decision ever to. Yeah. He is literally my favorite Batman. Yeah. Like every everybody went nuts when I when he was actually when, when they yeah. actually saw him. Yeah, and he is great, and I want to see him in more shit. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe this will change in the Flash and Aquaman too. And if he shows up again, you know, like maybe he'll have some great displays of it, and we'll move him up to a C. You know, in <laughs> the gun in the gun run DCU, I mm-hmm. I hope we'll see. Batfleck, and he'll definitely be like smart as hell yeah. and like kind of an ass like he is in the animated movies like <laughs> if, I mean, there's one line in the animated movies where he's like if i had two weeks i did i don't have enough time to explain all that's wrong with that you know shit like yeah, that didn't have that though yeah 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 uh also it's we're kind not, of a dick sometimes we're not counting the justice league thing but at one point he wonders if the mother box has stuff to, is related to money <laughs> in justice league and i'm like dude these what? are alien origins what the fuck does this have to do with cash so man that's joss whedon I, for you oh god dude <laughs> all right okay, yeah we're not d, counting that i'm fine him. with d i'm fine with i'm fine with d too mainly because like if he did investigate this stuff thoroughly he could have either we could have had a stronger motivation against superman or he could have realized that luther was behind all this stuff so i mean is it, is it what you had in your notes d also uh c minus if i'm being generous generous it's it was c minus d plus and i'm the more i went into it i'm like yeah this is a d because he doesn't even proactively investigate the uh what happened in africa you know or washington dc the the notes from luther that whole thing was just kind of yeah cockamamie yeah no it it really should have been a really well done faked uh evidence against superman whether that's bizarro or something like that and then batman investigates finds that and says like well there's undisputed proof that this is what it is and we would kind of understand a lot more where he's coming from you know i wish that i had seen that movie with max landis <laughs> <laughs> just to see his reactions i don't know why that makes me crack up it's just like it's a jar of piss <laughs> a jar of piss i'm sure you would have fucking yeah. been fuming and smoke out of his ears man <laughs> all right so okay. 
Let's go to the final one, Robert Pattinson. All right, who got to display a lot of detective skills in the Batman? But where does he the rank most, in this ranking? That's all he was. Yes. So let's go into Robert Pattinson's Batman. Now, this is probably one of the more debated ones because I see a whole gamut of different debates, and there's been a lot of criticism of specific things in detective stuff, so I'm going to address that stuff here. But let's go into displays of intelligence, displays of detective stuff in the movie. Uh, can tell on site that the mayor's thumb was cut while he was alive, uh, based off of just looking at the wound. Figures out that Riddler's first riddle, uh, the answer is he lies still, and connects it to the mayor lying about the woman, Annika. Has surveillance contact lenses for him to review all of his notes and basically what happened. Uh, knows how to uncover, you know, even though Alfred figures out Riddler's cipher, he knows that there is a hidden message in the cipher, which is drive. Figures out that the meaning of drive is a car in the mayor's garage, identifies which car, and when he opens the car, knows to look for a thumb drive that then he knows to link it to a laptop, which he gives to Gordon. Uh, figures out that Selena is connected to Annika when he notices that her boots are the same boots in the pictures that Riddler has. Uh, uses Selena's mail to figure out that her name is Selena, which I thought was smart. Uh, figures out what uh, pretty much all of Riddler's riddles when talking to Coulson, except for the identity of the rat, which Batman at that point would not reasonably know. Uh, knows that Rata Alada is Spanish for stool pigeon. Figures out that Riddler's wordplay on the bad Spanish, once Penguin reveals it to them, is a URL site for him to contact the Riddler. Figures out Riddler's orphan riddle while he's talking to Riddler on there. Figures out at the Wayne Orphanage that Bruce Wayne is the next target and that Alfred's in danger. Figures out that Falcone is the Rada Alada, though it's, to be honest, it's a little obvious from the recording. Um, and then uh, deduces after Martinez tells him that the carpet, you know, the, basically the thing that he used to kill the mayor was a tucker, a carpet tool. Uh, he is able to deduce that it fits directly in the line between the carpet and the board. Uh, and uses that to open the carpet. Deduces that the message, a real change over the Gotham map on that, is also the password that the carpet tool was leading to for Riddler's confession. So, overall, he figures out a lot of shit on this. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think it's good. Uh, one thing, uh, and this is not like a huge minus or anything, but that when they said that, like, let's go check his car in the beginning, mm -hmm. I just kind of felt like that's something that the cops would already be doing. Like, that's this true. is a major suspect. Like mm -hmm. they would be, they would have already been on the fucking car. It wouldn't, doesn't take Batman to figure that out. Yeah. But like, it's kind of a nitpicky thing. They wanted the thumb drive scene. Yeah. I get it. Not a big deal. It's a guy in a bat suit. Mm -hmm. Allow for some fucking suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they, he should have just come down with Gordon and had already figured out the drive stuff beforehand. Yeah, so, right? They're like, oh, we should go check his car. Like, dude, yeah, yeah. it's a fucking investigation. Thumb you always check. Yeah. You're going to check the guy's fucking car. Yeah, it just makes the GCPD look more incompetent. <laughs> they look like fucking idiots. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That actually, that kind of gives more credence to that scene working now that you now that you say that. Like, a little bit. Yeah. Maybe not entirely, but, like, they are, they're supposed to be a bunch of numb nuts. So, no, yeah, other than Gordon. To, yeah, but Gordon is investigating this, so you'd think he would have checked it out before. <laughs> but... Oh, well. I man, Gordon himself was maybe just busy as fuck with other oh, shit. Busy, like, man. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I Brother. mean, whatever. It's cool. Yeah. Let's move on. All right. So, potential flaws. And this is where things get very debatable because there's a lot of people who have criticized the detective work. So, I'm going to go by each thing, right? And some of which I agree with, some of which I don't agree with. Um, first off, some people bring up that Batman does not solve the cipher. He needs Alfred to do it. And I'm like, okay. In The Dark Knight Rises, Alfred also 
lays out all the exposition and background on Bane that he read from the back computer, and none of you said shit. Okay, so look, <laughs> Batman is still able to write part of the code because he knows he lies still, and he knows what to do after the code is broken. That doesn't mean that he wouldn't have been able to solve the rest of it. That just means that Alfred did it for him. That's different, and it's not something to be knocking against him. So in my opinion, that should not count against him. They just want Alfred to do more. Yeah. That they, want, they want Alfred to be smart as well. Exposition-wise, so. it's just a way to reveal that, oh yeah, this Alfred is a former spy. Because he's just like, you know, just reminiscing of my days at the circus. Circus being the code yeah. word for, you know, British intelligence. So that's that's all that was really to display that skill. But like afterwards, like Panson just takes over at that point. Right. It's not like, so what do I do with this, Alfred? Like, no, he knows what to do with it once that happens. Alfred's the one who doesn't know what to do once he's cracked everything. Right. Uh, he does suspect Catwoman for killing the mayor when he follows her there. He's like, is that why you killed him? Uh this is one where it's like it's a small minus because I'm just like, dude, like she'd probably have no reason. I don't think you should suspect her because she'd have no reason to try to steal from the mayor safe now if she had actually killed him. Because if she had killed him, she would have been there earlier and then would have stolen it. So like it doesn't make sense that she's the killer. Again, this is a minor thing. Um, does not. This is one that threw me in the movie. He doesn't know who D.A. Coulson is on site. He kind of needs Selena to take a look at her, uh, to take a look at him, so that the lenses can identify. I'm like, eh, you should probably know who the D.A. is on that so again small thing um okay here's the biggest thing that uh i guess haters of this movie love rata alada they bring up that uh they like to say that pattinson doesn't know spanish and needed to chase down penguin to point out the whole l versus law thing which was funny in the movie however let's take a look at this from the perspective of him as a detective first off when alfred brings that up to him Alfred already tells him that Riddler's Spanish seems to be dodging. That is an assumption that Alfred is making that Bruce then adopts because Alfred told him that. Uh, he already knows the Spanish, that rata a lot of rat with wings means stool pigeon. So at this point in the story, he doesn't necessarily have any reason to believe that uh, the Spanish is correct. He already knows that it's wrong. His mistake is just thinking that the Riddler made a mistake. Uh... Yeah, he thinks that the Riddler doesn't have good Spanish, probably. Right. And then That's when, the first assumption, yeah. not not to think that yeah. it leads to a URL, right? Yeah, because when he thinks about it, he then figures out the URL. So that's the second thing. It's not that Penguin gives him the clue. Penguin points out the mistake in Spanish, which then leads Batman to figure out the URL, which is also Batman still figuring it out. Penguin doesn't figure out anything. He just kind of points out the mistake or reaffirms it and reminds Batman about Riddler making a mistake, and Batman realizes Riddler wouldn't make the mistake. So there's that. Right. It's like, oh, oh like, yeah, this too is yeah. on purpose kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And then I would also say, like, if we're really looking, people like to harp on this, but I'm just like, let's say he did figure this out beforehand, right? Let's say Batman did figure out the URL thing beforehand. He would have gone to the URL a little sooner, talked to Riddler a little sooner. Riddler would have then directed him to the orphanage. He would have gone to the orphanage sooner then discover that Bruce Wayne would be the next victim, which then at most he could have prevented Alfred from getting injured by the bomb. But Riddler's still going to, after the bomb goes off, do the whole thing about like releasing all the dirt about the wings after that. Uh, Riddler also isn't killing anybody at this point. So Batman figuring out the URL sooner, even if he did figure it out sooner, it wouldn't have prevented anything other than Alfred not being in the hospital but it wouldn't have saved anybody's life in the yeah, story. I don't, 
there's just no immediate clue to like bad Spanish leads to a URL. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I think people were a little too harsh on that point. Yeah. I agree. You know? uh, so that's one where I'm like, dude, like this, you guys don't understand the whole Rada a lot of thing. <laughs> like that's, that's, yeah. that's what it is. They just think like, Oh, he doesn't know Spanish and Penguin needs to explain it to him. I'm like, no, that's not what happens. He, he gets the reminder of that again, like in a lot of mystery stories, the you know assumption is the mother of all fuck ups, and so like when you question the assumptions, that's what leads into the next clue. And Batman is the main one in this movie who questions those assumptions. Um, at one point, he accuses the police chief of uh, the person that Colson was afraid of. However, that does make sense. The police is corrupt as fuck in this movie, so it makes sense. It also makes sense to me that he thought Penguin was the rat, even though he was wrong. But given the context, Penguin as an up and comer mobster. Uh, and the fact that, you know, rat with wings, a bird, you know, stool pigeon, that type of stuff ties into Penguin. Plus, like, that's the writers taking advantage of Penguin's reputation in the comics for ratting stuff out to Batman. It was just, I just thought that was a great, great play on stuff by playing around with your expectations and suspicions. Um, you gotta have a red herring, come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's cool, that's fine with me. Yeah, same here. Uh, Batman is wrong about Selina having a relationship with Falcone, however... Uh, he would not. He does not have any evidence that could have pointed to him knowing that Falcone was her father. Plus, there's something clouding his judgment. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's also yeah, yeah. There's that too. And Falcone is like super pervy to her because Falcone doesn't know that that's his daughter. So he's like coming on to her, and of course, Bruce is going to read like, okay, there's some history that's romantic between these two. He's not going to think like, oh, well, that's clearly your daughter. So. That's the easiest assumption and the simplest one, generally. Yeah, and generally, so, yeah, yeah. That's not a big, simplest, not yeah. really a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is one that I kind of agree with. When the Waynes are reported by Riddler as being corrupt and being responsible for that reporter's death, Wayne does kind of trust Falcone when he goes and talks to him about it. When I think he probably should have yeah. waited for Alfred first. I'm like, eh, that's one where I'm like, eh. He should have taken that more of a grain of salt before he started, you know. Alfred wakes up with a smile on his face, and he's like, you lied to me. I'm like, well, maybe find out more evidence first. Um, yeah. I I mean, I think that he, with that subject matter, he's just too... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he should be a little bit more objective to it, I guess, but yeah. I, I took that as like him being so emotionally tied to it. It kind of, yeah, it's it's kind whole... of clouded his judgment. And he grew up with this guy too, right? Yeah. He's known... Falcone since he was a kid, right? So, like, I don't know. I feel like that's just kind of mm-hmm. fucked with him. Yeah, but he's also known Alfred since he's, since he's a kid. But I, I, I agree true. with you. I agree with you because, like, this is his whole reason for being. His whole reason for being Batman is because of the Waynes and to find out that they're right. mobsters and, you know, the only other person who uh, might know stuff is in the hospital you know, in, in a coma. He'll talk to Falcone. I think it's less about, it's not necessarily the decision to talk to Falcone. I think it's that he sort of, he believed him. Right. So uh, that's that's what I'm like. Okay, right. but that's like yeah, yeah. that's like half a point. I would dock off. You know, like that's not yeah. a huge thing. Um, we brought this up. I brought this up in the Batman concept art thing. But there is a possibility he could have prevented Falcone's death. Mainly in the sense that, as I said, there's the whole bring him into the light thing with the fact that there's a light there. But like that's uh, that can be hazy. And we're 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 seeing this through the lens of having known that was what's up. But yeah. also, there's the fact that all the pictures that Riddler drops of you know the mayor and the corrupt police commissioner, they are clearly taken from his window. So right. 
you could presume that Riddler at least has access from that building. You might not have the evidence to know that Riddler lives there. Because for all you know, he kind of just parks himself on a rooftop, you know, and, and takes these pictures. But you could know that he has some sort of access to that. So he might have been able to do that. However, I feel like I'm kind of stretching it just so that we can get a world's greatest detective moment in this. Right. You know? Uh, so I don't know if I can fully dock that against Pattinson because that's just sort of some random thing that I came up with uh, so that they would have that twist. Um, he is also wrong about Riddler knowing his identity. However, looking at what he was looking at, we thought the same thing too. I mean, come on. Right. Like the clues are right there in terms of, I know who you really are. There's Bruce Wayne's picture next to the Batman thing. So I'm like, eh, like it's, it, I can't really hold that against them for him thinking that or trying to prepare himself in case that was happening. Right. All right. And last one. One of the big criticisms is, is Batman does not figure out that Riddler is going to flood the city until it's too late. Again, let's figure, let's consider a few factors here. One is out, Riddler is already captured at this point in the story, though Batman and the police are obviously suspicious about why, but he's already captured. So from their standpoint, the threat is gone. The other thing is Batman is clearly distracted by the clues that reasonably point to the possibility that Riddler knows his true identity. Even though he's wrong, the clues do point to the clues do point in that direction. So his priorities aren't necessarily on what's this carpet tool thing. It's on Riddler knows who I am. So you can kind of understand in that moment that he would be emotionally affected by that. Um, he I think not- there was just nothing leading up. There were no clues about the flooding of the city. There's just nothing no. there for him. No, the, the closest is if he knew, like if they uncovered the thing under the carpet first. If he knew that was a carpet tool, undid it, and and took the carpet out and saw a real change and then inputted the password in, then he would have found out that it was going to flood and then told the GCPD. There's a yeah, few things, been, though. That could have been something, yeah. That could. That's a possibility. So, like, well, But again, I feel like this is like a half-point thing than a one-point thing because, again, like first off, I, the whole point of a lot of the Batman story in this is uh, calling out Bruce's privilege. You know, like Selena brings up like, you know, you must be rich under there and that type of stuff or him not really realizing that the renewal fund that his father set up didn't benefit people. So like it makes sense in this movie that a billionaire would not know that a tool that I'm betting 99% of the audience didn't know was a carpet tucker tool. That's something that only a blue collar working man would know. So... It's kind of Batman's own rich lifestyle counting against him for not knowing that thing. I think that's a deliberate thing. That's not supposed to show that he's an idiot. That's just supposed to show that it's he doesn't know uh, something that a billionaire realistically wouldn't know. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't know everything. Which ties him, into, yeah. He's not the bat god thing. I know he's yeah. supposed to be your hero and in mm-hmm. the comics and people look up to him and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, but you gotta... You know, it would be so boring if you knew everything. Exactly. You know, it makes him more powerful than Superman, you know? I also repeat, Sherlock Holmes does not know the solar system. So Batman, (laughs) he does not know the solar system. Batman not knowing a carpet tool that 99% of you guys out there did not even know either. What the fuck is Mars? (laughs) I've never heard of that before. Jupiter, that's like, that's a god. (laughs) That's a a god. Yes. So... (laughs) I'm like that's that's again Bye, why I said like, it's yeah, I would not count it against a detective for something that is uh, not obvious or commonplace. That type of tool is not obvious or commonplace. A majority of people in the audience did not know what that thing was. So somebody who that's has never nit- done that type of work in his life would not know either. Snitpicky man, that's the internet just trying to. I mean, I know. 
it's going to be objective. I get it, but that's just that's We're tearing not even apart a, the nitpicks here. That's not even a point. That's so, not even a point against the movie. At mo right at most, he talks to Martinez, who then tells him it's a carpet tool, and then he uncovers the carpet. The thing is, he doesn't. He's fully capable of doing it because he does do it. It's just he's distracted because he thinks Riddler knows his identity, which I think is a pretty good fucking excuse in that moment. Also, it's it feels like because people are watching a movie from the outside. Yeah. You got to remember, you're watching a character that's in the thick of it. Yeah. Discovering it as it's happening dynamically. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So you got to just remember that and keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, in general, we got to also keep in mind that uh, this is a movie where Batman's encountering Riddler for the first time. He has not encountered this type of mind before uh and he does get the riddles right but sometimes he gets wrong in terms of like what the true meaning is and he's not able to prevent certain crimes and if that doesn't feel like batman to you then you don't know what a batman and riddler story is like because that's exactly what happened in the very first issue of uh batman versus the riddler where he figured out the uh the basically the answer to the riddle but did not figure out the meaning behind it a bank flooded, a bank wet. That's what the Riddler really meant. He tricked us neatly, <laughs> he says here in this the panel. fucking wordplay with these Riddler ones, yeah. man. Yeah. So I'm just like, Batman fails to stop an entire bank robbery in the initial issue because he didn't get the full meaning behind the Riddler, uh, the riddles uh, in that issue and stuff. Dude. So like the URL shit is like small beans compared to that. The, the, the <clears throat> studio had some say in that third act, man, because yeah. I mean, they handled it fine, mm-hmm. but it, it just feels like, you know, it yeah. was just kind of took a, not as much of a dive as dark Knight rises, but it kind of, we went from detective know, it, movie it, well, to just, all right, let's just fight it out. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm sounding more harsh than how I actually feel. It was, it was, it was good, but it mm-hmm. just could have been much, much better. And it, yeah. it felt like a tonal change. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a little, little weird and a little, slightly jarring, mm-hmm. but, um, but I think I've, I think we've always talked about this, but somebody said this to me recently too, like the third act is the hardest, man. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way as a writer? Oh yeah, because it's it's the pressure to stick the landing. Because if you don't stick this yeah. landing, it's going to affect the entire outlook on the previous two acts. If you have a really solid first act, really solid second act, but that third act suddenly just everything falls apart. That just brings like it's basically a difference between like oh that movie had potential versus this is my favorite fucking movie of all time. Like that's I know that's the big and it feels there. it just feels consistent. Yeah, yeah. If it's just yeah, it's just good the whole way through, right? Like yeah. like Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Like that. Uh, but yeah, I'd say the flaw of the detective work in the Batman is not a skills one of Pattinson's Batman. It is a story one which I brought up in the concept art where we do not have the moment of Batman turning the tables on the killer or being like, I saw this clue and that clue. And that told me that you would be here Riddler, like that type of stuff. Like we, we desperately needed that to make this a more satisfying third act. Uh, and I pitched that in that episode of the, the unused concept art for the Batman in terms of what that could have looked like. Uh, even though mm-hmm. I already hinted about it here, but check out that episode. But yeah, it's notable that again, this is Batman encountering Riddler for the first time, Batman in the comics, uh, did not always get it right either with Riddler. In fact, if he did every single time, then Riddler would be a terrible villain for him. And uh, also, Batman yeah, didn't even capture on. Riddler at the end of that first issue. So People just that want that Bat-God, man, you know? Yeah, and he's not going to be Bat- I mean, well, he's not even fucking Bat-God in 
most of these other ones that we've gone over, as we've seen. Like, there's flaws to everyone, including West, uh, even though we discounted it. But still, you know, like, it's it's flaws to everybody. So, uh, yeah, I would say Pattinson is up there on that. Where would you rank Pattinson among our uh, tiers? Maybe A+. plus. Yeah, I was thinking A+. Even S-. minus. S-, minus, A+. Um, Let's put A+. plus. Maybe that'll bump it to B, S-, minus. Or he'll be West level by the end of his uh, tenure. Again, like we got to keep in mind, like this is a, a legend that is still evolving. So some of the stuff that we're talking about now, uh, the criteria might—I uh, mean, the criteria will be the same, but the the data that we have to go off of will change when we get more of Pattinson's Batman in the, right. the Batman universe, or we get more of Affleck's Batman in the Flash and Aquaman, or we get more of Keaton's Batman in the Flash, and if he ever shows up again after that. So. Uh, this is what we have here as our ranking. So at D, at the bottom, nobody got the it lock or world's greatest dumbass, but the closest was Ben Affleck at D. Sorry, Affleck and Batfleck fans. Uh, we, we have plenty of other praiseworthy coverage of Batfleck and other things, uh, but detective work is not one of them. Uh, B, at the bottom of that is Kilmer. Above him is Bale, but above Bale is Robert Lowry and Lewis Wilson, who scored a lot higher than I was expecting, actually, now that I'm looking at this. Uh, then at... Yeah. Bottom of A, and a straight A is Keaton, but Clooney is above him, Clooney being the best of the 90s Batman detectives. Then above him is Pattinson at pretty much A+. And then at S tier, world's greatest detective, no big surprise, it's the late, great Adam West himself. I regret nothing. I, I'm a very okay with this list. Like I'm, I'm yeah. very satisfied with this list, actually. So um, let us know what you guys think. These are always fun because we imagine that uh, a lot of people have their own disagreements over certain things. Maybe you agree with most of this, except you think that one guy should be at another grade level or something. So uh, let us know what you think. But until then, that is superhero stuff you should know. The Deerstalker from Holmes, just a quick thing. Uh, Sherlock Holmes stuff you should know is that uh, it is used in (laughs) hunting, actually. It's actually supposed to be worn in the country. Uh, So Holmes is not actually, it is against fashion. It's fashionably weird for him to be wearing a deerstalker throughout London, which is why most of the stories don't actually have him wear it. The image of the deerstalker uh, is a popular thing, but he does not actually wear it that much into the stories because most of the stories, he's not in the country. Um, when he's in the my country, Sherlock Holmes sense. wears it all the time. So <laughs> Even in the city? Yes. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> as if you were wearing like hunter gear around Los Angeles. I understand. <laughs> that's cool, though. Yeah, but that's 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 trivia for your first show at home. So anyway, <laughs> uh, big thanks to Dan for gathering the visuals for the YouTube experience and sending me the visuals for us to use in Tier Maker for the detective stuff. Uh, moving further, let's talk about some fan comments. So Camden commented on our Marlon Wayans Robin episode. In fact, all of these are from the Marlon Wayans uh, Robin episode. So let's see what we got. Camden says, all this talk about Robin's redesign and a recent rewatch of the Batman serials has me pondering of Johnny Duncan's Robin from the 1949 serial served as an inspiration. Tim Drake closely resembles Duncan, and the costume changes largely resemble his costume, namely the dark cape. That's an interesting point, Camden. Uh, I think that's a good observation. There's a possibility, or it could just be a coincidence, but it is a cool tie nonetheless. Moving Indeed. on. Indeed. Thank you. John Wells. Uh, John says regarding Batman 89 returns and forever, there is a loose arc in there. I've, you know, I don't think it was intentional. He says, and I, I agree with this. This is something that a lot of, uh, you know, nineties Batman fans bring up 
but there's kind of a loose arc among the movies, even though like each movie has a different writer to them, all of whom we've had on the show. Check that yes. out. Uh, but regarding Bruce's story arc, at the beginning of 89, he is trying to be a fighter in Gotham and stop crime. He's not into killing as evidenced by not killing the rooftop thugs. I'm not going to kill you. And even trying to save Jack Napier from falling into the Bay of Chemicals. Uh, upon learning his current enemy, the Joker, is his parents' killer, all of his morals go out the window, which is why he is okay killing off random henchmen and Joker. He's essentially lost it. This is a good point. Batman does not start killing in that movie until after he finds out that Joker is his parents' killer. Uh, going into Batman Returns, he's more kill-happy, like just literally lighting flamethrowers on fire and putting yes. bombs on strongmen, uh, because it worked in the last film. But seeing Catwoman... Uh, fall because of her revenge, Batman decides to no longer kill and be a more positive hero for Gotham. In this time, Gotham has become less crime-ridden and therefore has become more neon-lit and less gothic. It's trying to update with the times. As for Bruce, he's no longer killing, which is why he's trying to talk Robin down from murdering Two-Face, which is also where his monologue about revenge comes into play. Just some thoughts. Yeah, for sure, John. Like, I think... Um now that we've separated the universes and the Burton films are not like part of the same universe as Schumacher, I still think that the backstory to the Schumacher Batman is some version of 89 and returns in order for, you know, the whole talk about revenge to make sense or the part where Robin says, you know, your your parents were killed by a maniac. And he says, yes, they were like, I'm just like, he's talking about the Joker right. in his universe, the Joker of his universe. Uh, he's still talking about the Joker though. So, uh, thanks, John, for sharing that. And I'm sure a lot of our uh, listeners and viewers agree with that. Indeed. Thank you. This is one that both of us, I think, really enjoyed. Kev Brown says, better than Fat Man Beyond. Oh, man. That's and a, this comment got four likes. That's a hell of a comment, man. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, we'd love to be on Fat Man Beyond. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Mark Bernardin, let us on. Yes. I feel like Mark Bernard really like is pretty much calling the shots these days on that mm-hmm. one. And Kevin Smith is more of the guest host because he's busy right? with stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. Bernard, yeah, Bernard really does do most of the episodes these days, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I think earlier on we were kind of shooting for a little bit of the uh, Smith and Bernardin uh, dynamic, except you're not high. Uh, yeah. So I think that's that's uh, it's it's definitely a compliment that somebody says that we are better than Fat Man Beyond. So yes, thank we won't you. let we won't try to make that, you know, get to our egos too much, but just a little. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Kev, for that. Uh, oh, all right. Man. To the shout outs. Oh man, already here. So hold on. Trying to find that page. Here we are. All right. So yes, we want to thank everybody here on this here board. Uh, especially uh, Kevin R, Derek O, Mark M, Carter and uh renee v not especially but everybody the same <laughs> lately yes but they're lately yes I, that was mm-hmm. the wrong wording on my part and then other supporters as well thank you very much everybody and shasta army at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod shasta army is our one dollar tier that gets you the shout out here on the board and then the five dollar tier uh is a whole other show this show is uh free every monday but the five dollar tier is five bucks a month binge the whole thing we're approaching 150 episodes on there so mm-hmm. check that out deeper dives and what's what's nots and then a ten dollar tier that gets you the monthly meetup uh where we have a zoom light call with the fans and uh you can yeah we just have a chat together and mm-hmm. uh about you know our topic at hand so there's that 
our merch at superhousepod at uh, superhousepod.redbubble.com and superherostuffpod.threadless.com. Ben Man Indeed Wizard and Zacula. Who's that guy? Uh, mug, <laughs> shirt, shower, curtains. Uh, artwork by Stefan Santa Cruz. Please send us some audio to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on YouTube. Thunderwolf Drew has me photos that I take at me job. So if you want to see that stuff, check it out. Uh, and then AminoRecon.com. Uh, Amino is A-M-A-N-O. And then uh, Recon, R-E-C-O-N. So AminoRecon.com, no spaces. And it is Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. This artwork here by Zachary jacksonbrownart.com uh mm-hmm. that's the poster it's uh yeah so it's not a fan film it is an original idea heavily inspired by both stranger things and power rangers as you can see and mm-hmm. x-files as well and our indiegogo campaign which is like gofundme but more for like art projects and films and stuff uh it's going on right now and if you could donate that'd be great and if not if you could share us out, that'd be cool too. You can mm-hmm. even screenshot some of the artwork on our page, amanorecon.com. Like just just share it. No, no problem. <laughs> and the mm-hmm. Indiegogo link, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh that's it. Oh yeah, gaming guide and uh gaming podcast I do with Mike Torres. And uh it is mainly us interviewing um, Japanese to English translators in the video gaming world, but also some former writers, uh, reviewers, video game reviewers from the 90s uh, from Electronic Gaming Monthly Magazine. That's it for me, Ben. Shout out to Comic Capital on Instagram as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. Follow us on social media on Twitter at Superhouse Pod, Instagram, Superhero Stuff Pod, TikTok, Superhero Stuff Pod, Vero, Superhero Stuff Pod. My website is bedwanrider.com, where you can read A Detective Story, Elementary, The Death of Sherlock Holmes, a modern update on the classic story, The Adventure of the Dying Detective. Holmes has no reason to wear a deerstalker because he spends the entire story in The Adventure of the Dying Detective, uh, basically in his house. But <laughs> uh, you okay. can also check out Gotham Vampire, a uh, story in which Bruce encounters the Mad Monk from the uh, 1939 comics, also somewhat of a mystery. Uh, and what's not a mystery is Curb Your Enthusiasm Disneyland, though that would have been interesting to add into it. But uh, it's a Curb episode where uh, Larry goes to Disneyland, the Curb episode they could never make. Uh, my YouTube channel is in the description below, where you can check out Doctor Who, the Ronin of Time, where the Eighth Doctor meets Miyamoto Masashi. My personal Instagram is Ben Juan Ryder. My son's Instagram, my cat Alfie, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. And if you have an Alfie or a Peanut who made an appearance in this episode, you can also get the Whisker Box, the only cat box with a crazy cat lady and gent. And if you don't have a cat but you have a dog, that's okay too because you can get the Bark Box, y'all. Get your dog exactly what they want. First month off free. Found at $35 with our promo link, superherostuffpod.com slash shop. You can get a Keaton Funko. You can get the Dark Knight Returns. You can get The Boy Who Loved Batman by Michael E. Usland, one of our uh, great guests from this year. You can get all sorts of shit, superherostuffpod.com slash shop. And if you're not interested in that type of stuff, but want to know deeper dive type stuff, 
we'll do superherostuffpod.com slash show notes has our show notes for each episode. I will have a more uh, comprehensive list and breakdown of all the different uh, detective work things that I did not mention in this episode because it would have just been way too long to ben go into that a, type of stuff. So Ben puts a lot of work into the show notes. I told him you got to, he's like doing all these show notes and I, 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 I didn't feel like many people were going to. It's like, you got to put this at the end of the episodes. <laughs> like this Thanks. is... This is ridiculous. So yeah, that's that's good supplementary material. Certain ones sure. get popular, you know, uh, yeah. with uh, with you guys. But just know that there are there's more than one. It's not just uh, it's not just the uh, Daniel Waters one, guys. <laughs> yeah, the Daniel so Waters one. Was Daniel a big Waters one, one got 192 views. Okay. That... So I'm just like, uh, it's got other ones, guys. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, check that out, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so check that out at the show notes. And uh, with that, that is it. And we want you to do us a favor. We want you to tell all your friends about us, Watson. (laughs) I'd like you to tell me what the fuck Mars is. (laughs) 